is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon Stanley, and it's a full house here today as we've got everyone under the sun, Rich Citrone, Gavin Marshall, Dave Hart, and once again, Mike Farrell all joining us. How are you doing, guys? Not too bad. All good. Yeah. Good. We're, uh, we're entering now the, the black season, as I like to call it, the dark season. What did we call the name for this, Gav? The, uh, the, the deep the, off season. I don't the, know. Yeah, the deep off season. Um, so if you're still here, thank you. We appreciate it. You're sticking around through the off season. Uh, if you're not here, then screw you. But yeah, you didn't hear it anyway, so it's fine. Um, we're going to come up with some interesting stuff, like we did last year, right? I think, Gav, and uh, and whatnot. But today, yeah, I, I mean, think... we spent a lot of last off season navel gazing about like the coronavirus pandemic. That's true. That is true. Hopefully, it's going to be a bit more uplifting this well, off season. I don't we'll, know. we'll do the Indian variant this year. Oh, don't, don't, let's not go there. Let's right. just have a couple of weeks off before yeah. we get into you know, you know, doomsaying world news and the yeah. cryptocurrency crash. I appreciate that. Well, speaking of bad news, I, I wanted to ask Rich this. So this is this is massively off topic. It's probably kebab corner thing. Is there a gas shortage? What's going on? <laughs> I keep seeing things on Twitter about there being no gas. Well, the the new administration shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Mm. Right. So that means we're going to have to get our oil probably somewhere in the Middle East now. So it's it gone up the it gone up it went up like I don't know how much per barrel as soon as he did it so the price went up and we saw our gas prices go up, and then I I read recently where there was about seven or eight states that that had gas shortages over the over the uh, weekend, uh, so yeah it it looks like there's something going on there with it, um, but uh, I haven't really you know read too much up on it. This is probably going way way too deep into gas usage before like we talk about in the first two minutes of the show the first two minutes losing people but how, how do your contracts work do you, do you like lock in your prices or are you sort of uh, uh, on a like a variable tariff what we call it over here so if the price goes up you pay more how does it work over there i have no idea yeah i think i think it works like that and the thing is it's not nationwide every state has different gas prices like california traditionally has like really high gas prices and and i don't know exactly why that is that i remember I don't know. I think it was last year or two years ago. Two years ago, we actually had higher gas prices than Hawaii, who, which is an island who has to import everything, including gas. But our <laughs> our prices were actually higher. So yeah, it's it's some type of variable thing, and it goes state by state. And you know, all I know is California is always getting ripped off with gas prices. Is it all those gas grills you guys are doing out there? Is that is that part of the problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm not contributing to it, though. <laughs> oh, you're a charcoal man. Lumpwood. Yeah, I like charcoal. Is this where we find out that Rich has actually got some illegal pipeline tapped into his neighbor's house and he's just siphoning gas from their side? <laughs> oh, we didn't yeah. deny it. He didn't, he didn't, yeah, he was very... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not clever enough for that. <laughs> yeah, that's what you'd that's what you'd have us think. Um, okay, we, we, Mike's here. Well, that's the gas news out now, of the way. Oh yeah, the gas news. <laughs> now I want to touch on something with Mike that that, that like just suddenly showed up this week um, that I couldn't believe. Uh, Mike, you, you guys aren't going to know this. Owns a football team, a soccer team. <laughs> You're an owner. Wow. No. And I'm not talking about like like an actual like soccer team like that plays in a real league in Ireland. That's awesome. 
that is um yeah tar- tarting up a lie a little bit there Soy, let's be honest <laughs> it's true you told me this way. okay mike doesn't mike's not the, the named owner but uh you're pretty close right I, f- yeah, okay. A family, a family member owns a team. Oh God, this is a way to roast a guest, man. Come on, I mean, I know Mike, you're part of the family, but geez, like, let's make people feel comfortable here. Jeez. Yeah, and he's in, he's enjoying it so much. Too. It's so good. He told me this. I could not believe it. His uncle. What tell me about it? He owns Bray Wonders, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bray Wonders are a first division uh, football team in the Republic of Ireland. Um, first yeah, division camp. It, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we need to compare the difference between the First Division in the Republic of Ireland, Irish League and like the First Division in England. So, um, sorry, Rich, we're, we're, we're going, maybe going right over your head. Apologies. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's no comparison, but um, hey, I'll take a mention. I don't know. Well, listen, <laughs> the, the Bray Wonder is now the official Irish soccer team of the UK Steelers podcast. What's their nickname? What, where, where do they play and what colours do they wear? Uh, they play in Bray. It's in the name. Uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's the stadium called? I mean? what's, the, what's the ground? Carlisle ground. Carlisle ground. Yeah, go see. Oh, for me. <laughs> Take a piss. Carlisle. Okay, the Carlisle ground. What, what colours do they play in there? Uh, green, green and white. Green and white. Okay. Is every team in Ireland playing green, or is that? <laughs> That's a bit racist there. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Oh, man. In, in, in fairness, Gal, in fairness, after, after your Tumper comment last week, I was expecting this. Um, oh, no, no. I, that was that was endearing, man. I love uh, the I've been saying it at work. I've been trying to say the word Tumper as much as possible. It's great. Oh, wow. I'm sure you can give it back. I'm sure you do. I'm, I, am sent, I don't know if it's because there's five of us, but I'm sensing like a very anti- antagonistic, antagonistic atmosphere today. Everyone's just a little bit on edge. We started a bit late, you know. There's there's a lot of carpet talk pre podcast. It's six minutes in. No one no one's like said anything about American football yet. Um, <laughs> we might we've lost our twenty percent of uh, uh, US listeners have gone already. <laughs> we've gone off the deep yeah. end. Uh, Dave, bring us back to reality. How you doing, man? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm worried I'm after whole Gav back before he starts coming up with some comment about what you know. What did they win at the end of the league? A pot of gold or something like that. <laughs> before, he goes, it, man, not me. before he goes over the edge. Dave, you just absolutely rattled the cage further when I told you to calm everything down. I can't believe it. Ah, oh, the bear. Oh dear. Right. Okay, Mike. Let, let's let's be a little bit more hospitable. Um, I wanted you to started get, it, man. No, well, it feels like oh. I was being positive with it, and and you guys took it to a place it didn't need to go. Would you agree with that, Mike? No. But anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the off season. Um, okay, I wanted to get Mike back to wrap up the draft a little bit because we, we, you know, we couldn't get him on last week, and it was, um, you know, we did. It, we spoke so much about the draft pre-draft with Mike, and he brought so much uh, great information to the show that I wanted to kind of get, you know, your thoughts on on the Steelers draft a little bit, even though we spoke about it last week, and and then uh, we can have a bit of a, a more general conversation to wrap up the draft for another year and release you from your lucrative contract, as I mentioned on Twitter this week. <laughs> That we uh, that we signed you to. <laughs> I'll take I'll take a second paycheck. <laughs> You're not getting a raise next year. Damn it! Um, yeah, Dave, Dave. <laughs> so uh, it's that Patreon money, Dave. Um, so yeah, Mike. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what, what were your thoughts on the draft overall? I've not really spoke to you about it in terms of, of where we ended up with the Steelers. Obviously upset we didn't get Sam Cosme. I assume. Gorsuch, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but Najee is the first pick, and then going tight end second, and and, and obviously Kendrick Green at guard. How, how did you feel about the first three picks? Um, do you know what, gents? You, you kind of mentioned it last week, and I'd be interested to know what you think that sort of as days have gone on, it, it just reminds me of a typical Steelers draft where n- nothing 
overly flashy and it, it, it seems to be a common a common trait where you know when, when you see analysts grading drafts and i know you can't grade the draft 48 hours after it, the, the last pick and stuff like that but Steelers tend to be sort of middle of the road yeah it was all right filled a few needs but nothing to really show home about and then in a couple of years they're sort of full of praise for selecting a certain player in a certain position so i, I you know we all kind of knew that the harris pick was coming um you know, ultimately, they, they filled a fair amount of needs. Was was it in the order that other people may have wanted? Probably not. Um, but it, it, it was fairly solid draft. Yeah, I'd say fairly solid. Interested to know what you think of uh, the, the green pick. Well, green. What do you think of green? Kendrick Green. Um, I just want to see more of what we can see when I'm at center. Um, I'm trying to look to see. Let me have a look and see sort of roughly where I am. Apologies, gents, by the way. I didn't share my big board leading up to the draft, but I forgot. Well, Gav, um, Gav was pushing for it. Oh, sorry, I'll oh. send it to you, I promise. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was happy with... I, I mean, at some point, we needed to address a position. And, I mean... Would I, mean, I have preferred a Creed Humphrey uh, in round two? Yeah, I mean, you could have Pro- gone... Probably, yeah. We, we talked last week, you could have gone Creed Humphrey in two and Hunter Long in three. Mm-hmm. So... On your board, would you have had that as a higher value than Pat Freyamuth in two and Kendrick Green in three, which is what they did, obviously? Yeah, yeah, probably, probably leaning towards that. And then, I mean, ah, here he is, Kendrick Green, 101. Um, <laughs> and disappointing to see that a, that a player like uh, like Creed Humphrey ended up going to Kansas. Um, that's all. A, that's all a talented team like Leeds is. Uh, is more talent. So, so if, yeah. you, if you had him at one hundred one, though, that's. I mean, the Steelers didn't pick again to one two eight. So that that's fair value on your board. That's you know, there's probably the the last best centre on the board there, uh, and they you know, it's a, it's a bit of a reach, but it's not a twenty twenty picks or whatever. It's not a savage reach. So you must... no, 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 I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a, an, an excessive reach at all. It, but it's the point you mentioned. Would you rather have that and Fryermouth at two, and then, or would you rather have had Creed Humphrey and Hunter Long? Probably would have preferred Humphrey and, and, and Long, but that's more so. I think I value the center position more to start this season than a tight end two to start this season to potentially come tight end one next season. Um, on the presumption that we don't uh, we don't renew Ebron's contract. Yeah, I, I, look, I agree with you, and, and that's how I would have had it. But I think with hindsight, perhaps the upside of Freemuth is higher than the upside of Hunter Long. Well, I think it probably is, and and the upside of Green could be. Could mm-hmm. be higher. Could be higher than Creed. I mean, Creed was a solid sort of fundamentals, and and what was enticing about him was the fact that you could sort of plug in, plug and play. Whereas Kendrick yeah. Green's not that. He, I mean, you can, and they probably will, but he's he's not a sure sure thing. But maybe he does have more upside because he's got that athletic, you know, downfield zone zone style, you know, to move center. Maybe there is more more in that. It allows you to do more things. So maybe there is more upside in what they did. No, absolutely, absolutely. Again, I think we're splitting hairs as well. I mean, it, it's you could lean one way or the other. Um, but I've, I've got to say, I was I was pleased we 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 came away with after um, the round three pick, um, three fairly solid needs addressed in in running back, O line, and tight end. How did you feel about some of those later picks? Anyone that jumps out to you that that you really liked or didn't like? Do we want to talk uh, punter? Oh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm about. Uh, I do indeed. Yeah, no, no. Look, it's it's you know day three. You know yourself, lads. It's flyers. Um, Quincy Roach or Quincy Roche, however pronouncing them. Um, lot of a lot of positive noises about that pick, 
was quite surprised he went as late as he did. But I, I think I'm, I'm sure we'll address this. There was a it's a it's a shame that sort of you know 24 hours before the draft we only start to hear about stories about players with potential health issues that weren't really made public until very late on and, and maybe Roche had one of those sort of issues I'm not entirely sure um, but, a, but a pick like that yeah and, and additional depth at the edge is always going to be is always going to be a bonus um, more depth of, depth of tackle why not why, why not um, why not take it take it uh, take advantage of that again we, we addressed a fair amount of needs I think a linebacker special teamer is always going to be a, is always going to be a a welcome, a welcome pick. So I, yeah, I'm not major concerned. Again, like I say, very much a case of yeah, solid draft. We'll 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 work on that. It it it's a very it comes across to me as a very very Steelers draft. Nothing nothing too flashy, but but doing the necessaries. Did you watch? Um, let's start with more. Did you watch Dan Moore pre-draft? I did. Let me see where I had him. Because I didn't. I had him. One nine nine. I'm gonna have to find notes now if you're gonna start asking me to uh, to, to mention Dan Moore. But do you know what though? Day three, taking a tackle. Why not take a flyer? And there yeah. wasn't a great. There wasn't a lot of tackles on the board. I mean, there was a guy like Stone Forsyth people like, but he fell really late, right into, into, mm. into the crazy rounds. I don't. That maybe that was a health issue as well. There wasn't like a, you know the tackles flew off the board. We said they would right by the third round. So oh, they definitely did. Have you got Have you got your notes there about Dan Moore? Um, Mike, what have you? Um, no, they're probably shelled for another day along with last yeah. year's. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We can move on. Um, anything else, Mike, on, on our draft? Or can we uh, can we rattle on to the uh, the draft in general? No, let's about, move on. What about, what, about Buddy, what about Buddy Johnson? Do you watch him? Um, yeah, I, I I had a later pick on him. To be brutally honest, again in the in the in the sort of two hundreds, um, but we we I think we addressed the need. You know, a, a hard hitting. I'm careful what words I'm using. Uh, hard hitting. Oh, you could say it. Someone... Come on. <laughs> Although to be honest, I, from what I've seen, I don't think he is that much of a thumper. I think I think there's, he's a little bit more refined than that. To say he's, I wouldn't. Well, do you think he's a thumper? I think he'll do value on special teams. I mean, it, it, from what from what I can from what I recall, I'm not sure. Sort of his tackling was 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 highlight real. You know, if you, if you looked at a highlight clip, he's absolutely he's absolutely dominating through the line. But as I say, solid pick. It, it, it's an area I think we need. It's an, it, it's addressing special teams uh, too, which is you know as I've mentioned a couple of times, if you can if you can draft a player who might be able to see you know um, sub package reps, but also on special teams is going to be is going to be a big bonus, saving roster spots. Yeah, I've watched a little bit of Buddy Johnson since we drafted him. I, I, he's grown on me. I think um, his patience I quite like. Uh, and yes, he has got highlight plays, but I don't think he's like a highlight player. I think I mm. think he's kind of like a solid player that's going to allow uh, Bush to make plays. You know, I think I think he's he's disciplined. I think he's got you know he, he's been he's been trained well and plays well. I think he's got room to grow. You know, like he he's got technical issues, a little bit stiff in coverage, um, can't always get off blocks, and does does get caught out by misdirection and disguise. But I, I like how he plays in the run in a gap game against the run and. Um, I just, I just think he could be, he could be a sneaky solid player, actually. Um, a little bit, a little bit deeper of a player than just a sort of thumper. And he's not just mm. like a hole filler coming down and laying it. But no. he'll, he'll wait there and try and, you know, work out and, and defeat a block and, and get into the backfield. I quite like Buddy. I like the pick actually. The more mm. I've, you know, I didn't watch him pre-draft, so I had, had no grade on him at all. But um, yeah, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, 
I'm with you on that guy. I said that last week. He he grew on me a little bit that I watched of him after we drafted him. Because because mm. I hadn't seen him pre-draft either. But yeah, I agree. I think uh, get him in the uh, get him in the building. I think I think he's got some tools to work with there. Um, Definitely. Oh, before we move on, I want to ask uh, the louder milk pick. Did you did you watch my louder milk, uh, Mike? Because this, this was a weird one, right? Yeah. No, I I didn't see him. Yeah. Um. It. Again, one of those names that I saw is okay. I'm, I'm gonna have to try and get to him, but. You know, as the, as the days counted down to the draft, you sort of have to make make tough decisions. Um, so I haven't seen anything on on Lauder make at all. Yeah. Uh, what did a... you guys think about just trading in general? Trading a fourth next year to move up. Well, yeah, yeah that's, the, thing. that's, that's the issue. Yeah, if they if they had that pick and they took him there, no problem. Is is mm. a size fit? But yeah, but trading the future draft picks for for a guy now and around trading around higher than what you're picking there it seems mm. seems rich to me. I don't know. And I know um, Colbert mentioned that we're expecting a, a round four comp pick, but with all the talk, I think he mentioned it last uh, last week, James. With all the talk being that next year's draft is going to be stacked with talent, very very deep, do we want to be giving up that ammunition? Yeah, it, it must it must have been that that, that was a guy on their board, and mm. we talked about it before the measurables were there, and they think you know we can't risk risk waiting to get this guy that could be the only reason why they do that right is because they think he's yeah. someone else is going to take him what what do we know yeah if you, if you hear sirens in the background don't worry it's not it's you and you're in the car listening to this it's me don't worry <laughs> it's not you um okay i want to talk a little bit about some of our favorite drafts i don't know if you guys have, have, have got thoughts on this um but uh, we'll, we'll talk about afc north in a minute but that you can include that as well if you want um, but I want to talk a little bit about some of the drafts that we thought were maybe the best or, or one of the, some of the ones that maybe turned franchises around and then maybe some of the ones that you didn't like so much. Um, I'll start just to give you a flavour of this, see if anyone agrees with me. I absolutely loved, and, and you're going to know why, the Bears draft. I mean, they came in with limited resources, right? They only had a first and second round pick and then they didn't pick again until five. Because, well, they didn't come in that way, but they traded, obviously, so they lost those picks, right? So they traded up to get Fields and then they traded up to get Tevin Jenkins, my boy. So they get my Red Star QB whoa, whoa, whoa. and Red Star Tackle. Our boy. Okay, yeah, our, our boy, yeah, we all agree. Sorry, I was, I was talking about Fields and him, but yeah. Um, so they come away with our Red Star QB and all of our Red Star Tackle, who falls for some some unknown reason into the second round. Like you said, run, run blocking um, right tackle maybe doesn't go as high as we all anticipated, but um, I absolutely love that draft. And then they pick up a few guys uh, in the later rounds who I was a fan of. Well, I'll pull them up in a minute, but have you guys got any of them sort of drafts that you really liked or, or that stood out to you? Well, I'll go. Uh, from a personal point of view, if I was GM of, of a team, it, the draft I would have probably looked like was the Eagles draft because you look at every single one of their picks is a player. I mean, they had so they had Devontae Smith in the first round, Landon Dickerson in the second round, Milton Williams, who I loved at the end in the third round, Zeph McPherson at corner, who I liked in, in the fourth round, Kenneth Gainwell is a kind of pass-catching Darren Sproles type in the fifth round. Marlon Tupaluti in the sixth round. Teron Jackson, who was one of my guys, the edge defender. Jacoby Stevens in the sixth round as well, a, a safety. And, and in the seventh round, Patrick Johnson, another kind of outside linebacker type. So, I mean, if, if, if we were doing like the, 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 the Eagles UK podcast, we would have had for every single one of their picks, we would have had like an eight-minute clip to put out. But because we're the Steelers, we, have, we like scratched together one eight-minute clip like a couple of two-minute clips and like a fart, basically, because it's so hard. The Steelers, the Steelers will do Steelers. that. 
They just do not draft how... But but maybe that's their strength. You know, the Eagles yeah. go for the, the same players that I would. And that's maybe why... I mean, they won a Super Bowl more recently than the Steelers have, but let's say that's down to a trick play, whatever. But, you know, they, they draft the players that I would draft, whereas... You know, the Kevin Colbert is playing four-dimensional Tetris, whereas I'm playing, you know, two-dimensional tiddlywinks. So there you go. Two-dimensional tiddlywinks. I might call the episode that. Go ahead. That's my <laughs> draft analysis. <laughs> and that feels like a boom or bust draft to me, though, the Eagles one. Like, taking Devonta Smith in the first, and um, who was the second one, I bet you say? That was Landon Dixon. Landon Dixon, right, with the injury concerns. That's... Uh, I mean, both of those picks could be busts. They could be. I'm not saying they will be, but you know what I mean? Yeah, but you, you only want three contributors. Like, if you have three contributors from your draft, yeah. then it's a can successful. I can see six six there from, from from what I watched. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe. I think our draft could have seven. Do you, what? Ooh. Really? <laughs> yeah, I certainly do. I think we could have seven contributors from that draft. Ever the optimist. Go ahead, Rich. <laughs> tell, them, tell me more. Najee Harris. Friermuth, Green, Moore could be starting before the end of the season. Buddy Johnson could be starting before the end of the season, and and Presley Harvin. I think I think it's definitely possible. That's six. Uh, Green. That's yep. Green. You said that. You, you, what about Shakur Brown? Shakur Brown. Yep. Oh, Shakur Brown. Sorry. That's yeah. seven. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd, I'd, that'd be awesome if that happens. I'm, I'm, I could see more getting definitely getting uh, tackle eligible, eligible snaps for sure because he's great. He, he's surprisingly good in the run game, right? He's 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 ready to go in the run game. Some of his some of his pass sets, I think he needs needs a bit of time. But yeah, he could definitely contribute. You know, because Banner's going to be playing right tackle, so maybe Moore's going to be that guy that comes in. So yeah, he may be right. I hope so. Any uh, any other drafts, Dave? Go, uh, uh, Mike, sorry, you got any thoughts, Rich? Um, the one that stood out to me was, well, maybe I'm a bit biased because I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Lions, but I thought Lions um, mm. addressed a lot of their concerns and sort of made things a lot safer for their new QB. And, yeah, I, I, I've, I'm hoping the Lions can improve on themselves because they're simply that eternal team that just circles the drain but never really goes down it. They just sort of keep the head above water, and that's about it. The line—that's all that all the lines do. But I you kind of want them to do a bit more. Particularly, because I had a soft spot for for Stafford at the time. Obviously, not there anymore. But um, you know, they got picked up Penny Sewell and um, Amos Rike and um, the Egyptian god Amon Ra, yeah. the wide yeah. receiver. Um, so I think they've they've put themselves in a situation to improve. I don't think they're going to be challenging for a a postseason uh, spot or anything, but I think that they've they've set themselves on a track. I think with this draft to to improve and in a few seasons' time, maybe you know maybe do push for that sort of postseason uh, berth. Um, yeah, I feel quite good about the Lions at the moment. Yeah, the, draft. The, the Lions. I spoke a bit about this with the the Raw of the Lions guys when I went on their show, but um, their draft feels to me it's, it's like a bottle episode of a TV show where like. It's the the setting up the dominoes, right? Ready to get to the big draft, right? Eventually, because yeah. Jared Jared Goff's not the answer. Eventually, they're going to go and need to to get their QB and, and sort out what they want to do. But I mean, build from the lines. We're always saying this, right? Getting Sewell, who I think is the best player in the draft. I said this, and um, and then the the two defensive linemen, and then I like Amon Ra as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, Dave. That's one of the mm. it's one of the top ones as well. Not sexy, it may be, but no, it's not. It's, it's in no means sexy. I mean, there's a few, there's a couple of big names in there, but it's it's not. Uh, you're not going to. Look at, oh, look at, oh, look at that. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, it does set it up, sets things up for the future. And I like that about it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you got any drafts that you like outside the Steelers? Um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm, I have to say, big fan of the Jets draft. Um, I think their first four picks are four starters. And if any team is going to pick two players with the same name, bravo, gents. Um, <laughs> picking, two Michael, picking two Michael Carters. Um, but yeah, look, Wilson, we knew that was going to be the case. And look, the issue with Darnold over the years was not having the pieces around him. I know they had Bell, uh, Bell for about nine minutes um, while Safford was there. But trading up for Vera Tucker, um, I, I think I was listening to the guys at PFF and there was a rumour, I think I think it was then they were saying a rumour that the Patriots were interested in Vera Tucker. Um, had, had he not gone ahead, so to get a, to jump ahead of him and probably get the best interior alignment is, is, a, is a belt and shout. Elijah Moore wide receiver, phenomenal. Michael Carter running back and we're only a pick 107. Yeah. You know, that that's four stars. And, and elite players on offense um you know you've, you've essentially revamped the entire setup now practically half your row is now rookies and they will start and they will play good they, they will play some good ball so i'm really really impressed with the jets pick he didn't he, did, he was a bit of a late pick but um that's Cyril dean the safety from florida state I, I was a big fan of big long um long safety um going around six couple of the others yeah they're look they're they're day three picks um but those first four picks they, they should all be starting from day one I agree with you. I like the players they came out with, um, but burning the burning the picks, man. I know they've got loads of picks coming up, so it's not like picks aren't they aren't short of picks in the next couple of drafts. But but to trade up to get a guard seems. Uh, 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 and, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying about the, the. Do you reckon that was just lies put out by the Patriots to they just tricked them? They just Houdini'd them into like burning <laughs> picks to get a guard. Because I, I don't think that, I think the Patriots wanted Mac Jones all along. Maybe, but I mean, it was only wasn't it only a third rounder. Even to so. go to go to go up and get a starting guard. I mean, we, we everyone praises the Colts and the Quinton Nelson pick. If Avira Tucker comes out and being intent, uh, guard number two in the league, people will probably forget that he was pick number fourteen. Sure. Yeah. As I say, the players are good. They've come out. Yeah. Players, so. Yeah. yeah. I, the, the, I just want to I want to touch on the Zach Wilson thing for a second, if you don't mind. I've got to mention this. Um, so, does that, I think you've probably seen me on Twitter. So I, oh, who was it? Was it Ian Alexander who tweeted this to me? Sorry if it wasn't, and it was someone else. Um, tweeted to me that the Zach Wilson's mum has got like a very questionable, <laughs> very questionable background going on on like Snapchat and Instagram and God knows what else right now. Um, and I thought it was just this one tweet. It was like her complaining about maths at Disneyland or something. But then you go on and there's this giant thread. And, and maybe you got a question, the guy who's making a giant thread about Zach Wilson's mum in the first place. But the, the fact remains that it's there. There's some dodgy stuff going on with this family. And I, I know I said it a long time ago, but I mean, he, followed, he unfollowed his own mum on Instagram. Now, you can look at that one of two ways. Either the mum is a massive problem and, and you know, no no hard feelings, Zach. You know, you can't really blame him for his, for his own mother. Or you can say, well, you know, is this uh, a red flag that he's unfollowing his own family on Instagram already? I don't know. I don't like it. Am I being crazy, Gavin? I don't like it one bit. <laughs> she definitely feels like she's part of the sisterhood of pant-wearing hockey mums or whatever it was a few years ago. <laughs> right? I don't know if you watched the video, but it was that. It was that vibe. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the, the social media corner is definitely your corner. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it to you. I need to come up it with just, a drop for that. I've already got the stinks. ideas for a drop. But it yeah, it, it It's a bit, uh, it's something going on. Yeah. I think it feels like he's still too closely connected to his mum. Like, what's going on? He's, he's like, what's the, what's the quote? Like, pull up pull up your pants, take off the bra and be a man. You know, that's, oh, damn, I wish I had that job. Well, maybe that's what he did. By, that's uh, what he needs to do, mom. man. You know? Yeah. But, but what, yeah, I mean, the, the, these things are stacking up, right? You got the uh, the, the dodgy order at um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Mexican place, the burrito. What, what was that about? 
Dave Dave broke that down. Very basic order. Don't know about that. Then you get the Instagram unfollow. You get the Disney mask wearing. Uh, it's all very. I don't like it. I'm telling you, he's got bus potential written all over it. The player's going to decide it at the end of the day, right? We'll see how he plays. They're playing Sam Darnold on the Jets in week one. Um, teaser for the schedule release talk, but so that'll be interesting. But um, Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, the Panthers. You mean? Sorry, yeah, Sam Darnold, the Panthers yeah. playing the Jets. But um, so that'll be an interesting week one matchup, right? But uh, and that's where we'll ultimately decide Zach Wilson's fate in his play. But I don't know. Some some stinks about this. It just feels very Jetsy, and, and and you can have the, all the AVTs and the Michael Carters and the, you know however how many Michael Carters they want. But <laughs> it's uh, without the quarterback, it's going to be a struggle. So time will tell. Um, sorry, Rich. Do you have any, anyone outside the Steelers you want to talk about, or are you, are you sticking with the Steelers? You're a diehard. No, I, I really do like the Steelers draft, and the more I, I learn about these guys, uh, the more I like it. Um, I, you know, I thought the Falcons had a real nice draft. I, th- I thought their first three picks, you know, what Richie Grant could have easily been a first round pick, um, and in a draft that isn't so tackle heavy, he probably would be. Uh, Mayfield is great value at round three. You know, Darren Hall's real good player at pick 108 that they got. I, I just, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, they helped themselves a lot. And Kyle Pitts, you know, I mean, it'll be really interesting to watch his growth in the NFL. But, I mean, he, he has all the tools to be a superstar. So, I thought they had a real nice draft. Yeah, nice. I, yeah. I, you know, I, you know how I feel about the QB. I, I know it was tough for them with the, with the cap and stuff. But, I mean, we'll see how it works with Matt Ryan for the next couple of years. But, that Pitts thing, that Pitts thing is going to be like one of the most interesting things for me to watch this year because I tell you what, this is one of the the real diehard things for for the draft consensus people, you know, like the PFFs and the the diehard draft people. They were all on Pitts, right? And we all were to an extent, but I mean, he was like the can't miss guy. I haven't I haven't heard talk about. I mean, even over a guy like Trevor Lawrence, like people, obviously the positional value changes that where he was picked, but people loved uh, Pitts to, to an extent. I've, I don't think I've ever seen with any player in, in the NFL draft. So, if this guy doesn't succeed for any reason, I mean, we're going to have to start questioning the mics of this world, the draft guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not always right. I mean, look, last year, Kuyper picked, said that the Steelers had the worst draft in the division. He still gave us a B minus, you know, which is completely wrong. I mean, you know, um, we had, I would say, probably the best draft in the division. So... You know, and then once again, he's ragging on our draft. You know, he didn't think we had a good draft, and he's because he's a he's a Ravens fan. You know, so, but um, yeah, these guys, they're it's fun to look back and see how wrong these guys are a good good amount of the time. Yeah, let's let's not do that, that to ourselves. Let's not um, <laughs> let's not look back and see how wrong we are. Um, I, I want to talk a bit about the AFC North drafts as well. Speaking of good drafts, um, the Browns. I can't believe nobody's mentioned the Browns. Come away with Greg Newsom in the first round, um, JOK in the second round because of that that injury scare. I mean, how did the league let JOK fall to the Browns there? I mean, I thought they were going to take him in the first round. They take him in pick fifty two. Um, that to me is the best. I mean, considering where they were at the bottom of the draft, that the best one two punch in the draft that you know that I could possibly have imagined picking at twenty six. Yeah. I- I'm not massively. I know lots of people love the Browns draft. I'm not. I'm not so high on it. I don't know. Mm. Um, I, I don't really like Anthony Schwartz. I know some mm. people like the speed, but I just. I just think he's going to flame out. Hudson. I know. I know Rich was high on Hudson, but I think. I think he's. A, he's a developmental tackle. So if you look at the back half of the draft, some question marks. Greg Newsom. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, could be a solid corner. Uh, JOK, obviously, a massive 
you know, he's got massive upside. But really, for me, there's only there's two impact players in that draft, and I'm I'm not not overly concerned. No. Okay. Is everyone down on the Browns draft? I, I, I don't know. I thought it was... I was pretty jealous. I thought it was, I thought it was decent. I thought it was okay. I, I I think I liked it a little more than, than Gavin, but I didn't, think, I didn't think it was amazing. Okay. No takers on the Browns draft. Okay. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> the Ravens then. Any takers for the Ravens draft? Rashad Bateman, <laughs> first pick, 27. Um, Jason Owe. Oh, what's he, he's changed his name now, right? Odefe Owe? What, what, what yeah. Was it? Yeah. Um, but I think you've got to take into account the, the trade and everything they did yeah. as well. Um, yeah, Ben Cleveland. I, I think they, the guard, they got great Michael. great value with Sean Wade at the back of the back end. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, and they've upgraded their wide receivers, which is obviously you know a problem. Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace. That's, again, I'm not I'm not blown away by their draft. I'm not, yeah, um... the Ravens a little bit less of them, but that's because I mean they have to target wide receiver. I said this before because no wide receiver wants to go there, so that's going to be a struggle for them. But you know we like Bateman, big fan, so I don't know, man. Mm. With him and Hollywood yeah. Brown, I mean we've seen mixed things from Hollywood Brown, but I think a lot of that's on Lamar Jackson to be honest. So I mean that's a strong receiving core if you can get the ball to him. It is, and I, you know they've they've been shuffling their their O line, and that's that's the real the real quiz for them, I think. And you know that that's. I think their off season will come down to whether their O line's fixed and whether they, whether they made the right choice with Villanueva and all the all the pe- other people they brought in uh, in yeah, the off season. That's questionable to me. That that I don't get that signing because Villanueva is known as a pass protector. He's not a real effective run blocker, and they and they are definitely a running team, you know. So, but it, it, on that regard, I I don't understand it. But uh, but as far as the type of moves that Harbaugh likes to make, he likes to do this with the Steeler with Steeler players. He does this quite often, and I think, you know, I think a lot of that may have to do with him Villanueva being a former Steeler and knowing the offense inside and out. It seems like Harbaugh tries to get that advantage on the Steelers whenever he can. Yeah, it's, it's kind of you know they they've kind of done what. I think a lot of Steeler fans were hoping the Steelers would do, which is they brought in, you know, they've 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 lost a guy, but they've they've, they've signed a few guys. They've brought back who's the other guy, Andre Smith. They brought in and they've signed a few dudes, you know, and they've, they've they've drafted a few dudes. They've really tried to revamp it. Whereas the Steelers have just kind of gone, now we're fine. We'll just you know promote internally and pick a couple of players. So it's, it's interesting to see who has you know is is consistency with with what you've got and trying to develop from within adding to that or is, is complete churn which is which is better with with possible you know with better higher rated players so we'll see we'll see what which is the better outcome uh last team on the slate the bengals this this is kind of a scary draft jamar chase obviously goes number five um i'd have taken sewell but you know you can you can it's hard to go wrong there uh, Jackson Carmen in the round two. I thought that was a bit of a reach. I don't know if you agree with me on that. I, I didn't think he was the best tackle on the board there, but uh, you know we'll see. Time will tell. Um, and then my boy Joseph Joseph Asai goes in the third round, so I, I love that. Um, what do you think of the Bengals draft? Take the first kicker too in, in the fifth round. Yeah, didn't hate it again. I th- you know, getting Chase. A little bit surprised they went Chase. I thought I, again. I, I thought they would go Sewell as well. With with Higgins, they took last year. I thought you know they don't need Chase, but that they've got that connection and. I mean, you can't argue. He was, was probably the best player there um, in terms of you know difference making. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I prefer. I, I always quite like the Bengals drafts. It's, it's like what I was saying about the Eagles. I always like the players they take. Do they amount to being better in the end? Probably not. You know, I love Tyler Shelvin. We all liked him. Mm-hmm. He ends he ends up there. Some people had him like first round grade, and he goes in the fourth round. 
you know, I, I I feel like people are sort of sneering and looking down on the Bengals draft to some extent. I think uh, it's probably down to the fact they didn't go, like you said, didn't take um, uh, I can I know Lyman in the in the first round they went with Chase, but um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's they've got a lot of names. And particularly, I mean, I probably look at this from my sort of selfish point of view of guys that I liked sort of thing. And like say Shelvin and Trey Hill that center was another one that I liked. So it's sort of, I feel like it's, like it's a sort of a sneaky, like a sneaky good draft they've had. And Chris Evans as well, a running back who was sort of overlooked to some extent, I thought was, you know, had, had a fair bit of potential, um, sort of a late rounds guy around six. So yeah, it, it's a, it's potentially a sneaky good uh, draft, but, have they sort of left themselves open for potentially killing Burrow again for a second season in a row? Yeah, well, I love the draft. I love it because which team has led the league in sacks in how many years now in a row? Um, yeah, yeah, they're going to they're going to be coming for Burrow. That that to me that just I didn't think, that made no sense to me. You know, they're in a division with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a chance to really shore up that offensive line and protect their quarterback for years to come. I just, I don't get it. I, I they're they're going to get that guy killed. It just doesn't make sense to me. He's already got a foot long scar across his knee. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Some some have said that rivals the foot injury I sustained during lockdown last year. That was grim. Mm. Let's not go. Let's not revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I totally agree with you, Rich. I'm 100 percent on board with what you're saying. They should have taken the alignment there, but um, you you have got to point out now that you know despite the O line woes. They now have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. That is a, a pretty scary trio there. It is. I mean, that, that that's you know that, that, that that's better than what the Steelers got, and the Steelers got great wide receivers, in my opinion. Hmm. Now we'll see how that gels. I don't. Are you going to argue with me on that, Rich? I feel like you might do. Uh, well, you're you're like the Tyler Boyd fanboy. That's why Tyler Boyd is awesome. And now he's like, why, I don't massively overrate him at all. I rate him perfectly well. Like as the wide receiver two slash three on that team now at this stage. I mean, what a great he could be a wide receiver one for some teams. He was he the a wide receiver, receiver one. Three. I'll for, give you that. Michael, he's so. a good wide receiver. A good three. wide receiver. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. Tyler, so you. Swap the Steeler receivers for the Bengal receivers? <laughs> That's tough. That is tough. I, su- I suppose the odds. Uh, right, would I swap the... That, right, hang on, hang on. Would I swap the Steelers receivers for the Bengal receivers? No, right? But, all, but that's, who, who do you like more, Juju or Tyler Boyd? Come on, let's Juju, have it out. Juju. Okay, Juju. right, there you go. <laughs> but Juju's wide receiver one. Um, so, so, no, listen, I, I wouldn't swap them just because, you know, I like the Steelers receivers. So, you know, it's difficult. But do I think that they're like equal or potentially better in talent and we'll see what Jamar Chase does but if he lives up to what he's supposed to be then uh, then yeah I mean we saw what T Higgins did last year he played up to a first round potential as the 33rd overall pick and we know Tyler Boyd is uh, generational so they are going to be dangerous if, if T Higgins yeah. is that perimeter guy like like Chase like Claypool, Claypool and then, yeah. yeah and then Chase is just you know your possession guy all over the field jeez yeah. and then I don't know Tyler Boyd well, doing his thing there you go you just lined it up perfectly right so let's put them next to the, next to our guys you got Deontay Johnson or Jamar Chase well, it, it, it's hard to judge. Right, well, okay. You, 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 you have... would kind of give Chase the edge, possibly. possibly. Oh, no, you have to take Johnson. Chase has no NFL experience. Remember Lima Swede? Well, yeah. That guy was him? a really nice-looking... He was considered a steal in the second round. He was a nice-looking receiver. I, I understand I mean, what you're saying, Rich, and I get, I get your point, but, but nobody in the league right now is going to take Deontay Johnson over Jamar Chase if they, if they had the choice to, to take them for the roster. Do you know what I mean? I mean? You could be totally right. Jamar, Jamar Chase could totally bust, but... 
I, I don't think it's a fair comparison because they, they, they've got different roles, man. I no, mean, I Jamal Chase that, but... is your possession guy. I'm not sure DJ is your possession guy. He's more your kind of, you know, sweeps and underneath stuff. And I, know, I get that these hands. players aren't going to be exactly the same guy. I'm just trying to compare one, you know, the, the starting three receivers. And you, I was going to say Juju and, and Tyler Boyd would be the, but maybe you want to swap that around. I don't know. And then, um, and then Claypool and T Higgins. I don't. I mean, we don't want to get too deep onto this. I just think it's, uh, it's a good wide receiver. We'll leave it at that. Sounds like we're we're teeing up for the defend your yeah, does, not yeah. your team shows. <laughs> went down so well last year. I'm gonna I'm gonna make us do it by the sounds of it because Rich is just absolutely slaying this uh, this Bengals wide receiver call. I can't wait to hear you cover the tight ends again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did that guy even make it? Who was it? Uh, was it? Uh, oh, I can't remember now. I've lost it. Never mind. Um, Jeremy Sprinkle. No, it definitely wasn't Jeremy Springer. No, no, he he ended up at the the uh, oh, and he said it. He ended up at team, didn't he? The team, anyway, the team. Um, the team. I asked for I asked for questions. We actually got the same question twice, kind of. Um, friend of the show, Ian Alexander and Phil Williams got in touch, kind of similar questions. Um, Ian said, "Are we going to dip into free agency late and get another cornerback? And if so, who would your preference be to come in?" And similarly, Phil said, "Now the first wave of free agency in the draft is done." Is there any holes on the roster that still potential free agents that you'd like to uh, come in and compete for those spots? So similar questions, cornerback and in general. Um, after the draft's over and now we can kind of start to think about what's there, uh, would you still be looking for a cornerback? Or are you kind of happy with, with what, we, what we've got? Is there any room? Well, this is the, now Now this is the time where we're going to see another the, sec, the real second wave, isn't it? Because the, the comp, comp picks don't, don't mm. count anymore, right? Yeah. Um, but you, you didn't hit the news drop because we did actually make a cornerback signing. I don't know. Maybe this didn't fly... Fly under, uh, flew under the radar, but we, we did pick up Arthur Morlet. Yeah, and maybe, that, yeah. maybe that's not going to move many um, many mountains. But it seems like the theme is the uh, with the UDFAs and with the Morlet and with the other guy they picked up who wasn't technically a, an undrafted free agent. Uh, Who's his name? Demarcus Acey, who was a 2020 draft guy. They all are basically they're basically building a Swiss army back there. I don't know, like they're all combo guys they're all played a little bit of safety played a little bit of snot um this is just a massive competition to try and even with like lamont wade uh, who is who is um a udfa as a safety out of penn state they it's all just a massive competition to replace mike hilton isn't it and i think if if none of them step forward out of so who, who am i talking about here i'm talking about lamont wade demarcus Acey, mark gilbert and uh Shakur brown um if none of them step forward to really replace Mike Hilton, I think they're going to have to sign someone. Do you disagree? No, I think I think that is exactly what will happen. But but would that signing then have to come in like training camp or like at the start after of the season? training camp? They they do often add someone right after training camp, right? Yeah. They, they 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 assess through training training camp, like like with Vance McDonald, he was like the classic one a few years ago. They go, okay, we've got a massive hole in the roster. Let's let's pick someone up that's still out there. So I, think, I think that definitely could happen. Anyone out there you like? Um, well, there's still a few names, isn't there? I mean, there's still like Sherman and stuff out there. Well, I don't think they've got the money, have they? Yeah, we're not so, we're not signing Richard Sherman. I mean, hang on, let me pull up the the list of people. Talk amongst yourself for a second. <laughs> you know, if if you're looking for sort of like a depth piece and on the cheap, like very cheap at the moment. Artie Burns is available. No. Ooh. No, no, no. <laughs> what about Drake Kirkpatrick? Someone like that. I mean, he's 32, oh, Arizona. Gary and Connolly, Brashard Breland. 
Brian Poole, Josh Norman, Buster Screen, DJ Hayden, Bobby McCain. I mean, we've had some McCains before in the in the secondary. Didn't do so bad. Jonathan Joseph. Oh, he's 37. Forget him. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jason Verrett, maybe Philip Gaines. I don't know. There's people out there. EJ Gaines, CJ. Buster, Sc- Buster Screen could play that role, right? Yeah, I mean, but even if you don't need someone to play that role, then you can play Sutton in that role yeah, and push, yeah, yeah. play someone on the outside. Um, but yeah, it, the 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 list is is thinning. Yeah. I mean, we've got Trevor Williams as well. He's another guy we've got, right? We we talked about him last week. But it basically is the the idea is. We're not going to draft anyone. We've not signed anyone free agency. Let's just get as many of these guys as possible and like shake them through a colander and maybe one guy will stay. One guy will stick, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a shame about Gilbert because he, he's, he's uh, Revis's cousin, right? And he had the – this injury happened to, happened at work, man. Can I, can I divert into a work story so early? We were filming in a, in a wood the other day and there was a guy running through the wood and he, he, he flipped over and he dislocated his leg. And when they got to him – his leg was sideways out and he dislocated his hip. Well, that's basically what happened to Mark Gilbert. He dislocated his hip and um, his, his tape has not been as good since he came back from that injury. I mean, that's a major, he looked a bit stiff and he's 24 years old, but he's on the roster, man. And he's, you know, he's, he's got pre, his pre-injury tape was pretty good. Like he was, he was going to, right, right. He's, would you say that? You watch him, Mike? Mike? Um, no, I don't think I have. Um, I haven't heard anything about this injury either. It sounds pretty yeah, it's good, great. He's, it? probably, he's probably the worst injury in the whole draft. He's he's out of Duke, um, but yeah, so yeah, Revis's cousin. He's got the bloodlines. Um, he he's big fan. Know, if he could, yeah, if he could pull it together, he's he's a guy that could could stick. But just yeah, scary injury recovery. Still still getting over it. So that's that's one guy on the roster already that maybe has a shot. Hmm. Yeah, I, I like the guys on the roster. Let's see what the battle. Let's see how it plays out. Let's. Uh... Let's revisit this later. I don't see us signing any of these big names anyway. Let's just see who's on the street when it comes well, to the What have we got? Season. Nine million in cap space? That's not, not loads really, is no. it? If you want you want to think about, you know, think about what happened last year with all the injuries you get and you need to bring people in. So I, th- I, th- I think it's risky now. Let's just go into training camp and see what we've got. Yeah. Is there any other get glaring holes in this roster now at this stage that you think? Tackle. Well, I, I, we're not going to sign. I don't think we're going to sign a tackle at this stage though because it... Maybe the quality isn't there, but the depth is. This, you know, now. I think there's some good ones out there that could be had. What is it? Uh, so Russell Okung's still out there. He uh, obviously Eric Fisher went to the Colts for one year, nine point four million. Um, you know, that's that's way too too pricey for the for the Steelers. So Russell Okung's probably going to get a little bit less than that. So he's out there. Rick Wagner's out there, recently of Green Bay and the Ravens. Charles Leno of the Bears cut him surprisingly. He had a, he had a great 2020. Dennis Kenny. Coming off of uh, a down year with the Titans, there's still some guys out there that they could bring in. Um, so I, I, I'll tell you another one as well, Marcus Gilbert. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised. You, you forget about Marcus Gilbert, right? So I, I just copied this out the other day because I thought, oh, what about Marcus? Because obviously I was on the Beecham train, and then that didn't happen. But so on March 8th, 2019, the Steelers agreed to grade to trade Gilbert to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for a compensatory six-round pick. The deal became official on March 13, 2019. He was placed on injury reserve September 10, 2019 with a knee injury. On March 30, 2020, Gilbert, Gilbert re-signed with the Cardinals who was placed on the active non-football illness list at the start of training camp. Two days later, announced he would opt out of the 2020 season due to COVID-19. So basically, he hasn't played really since leaving the Steelers. Hmm. And then he announced his retirement following the season April 26, 2021. He's retired, Marcus Gilbert. If I'm Kevin Colbert, I'm putting a call into Marcus Gilbert today and saying, "Hey man, uh, how do you feel about one more year go around?" 
bring it, bring that guy back. He was solid right tackle. Let's let's get Marcus Gilbert back. Let's start the campaign right here. Wow, I like this. See this kind of deep dive you get from this show that you're not going to get anywhere else. Wow, how old is he now? I can look that up. Didn't didn't put that in. <laughs> I'm guessing old, but you know who cares, man? You can play. That's a position you can play. Yeah, yeah. Let's get them all back. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of bringing people back that know the system, and That's true. I think the Steelers are too. Oh, let me let me pull this Maybe up. Maybe he's a bit raw that he got traded for a compensatory sixth round pick. Possibly. I do, I do like Gilbert though, but I, I don't know. I don't see him coming out. But time will tell. Um, cool. Uh, any anything else? Do, do we want anything else? This is the end of the draft. I'm cutting it off here. We're never going to talk about the draft again. <laughs> it's off season. Is there any other burning hot takes we want to make about the uh, the 2021 NFL draft? Or can it be? Set to the record books once and for all. Um, I've got one. I completely missed my tweet getting read out on NFL Network. I was shocked. Oh, what? What yeah. happened? I um, I, I left. I left watching the draft for two minutes. Came back and I had about ten tweets and about three text messages. Uh, my tweeted guide to the NFL Network was showing on taking the piss about stump the truck. And was I completely it you? Missed it. Was yeah. it you? Oh man! <laughs> what was the tweet? Read the tweet out. Uh, it was just asking when they're starting it. And they sort of said, they sort of said, look, we've only just started. We'll, we'll, we'll calm down. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. We're not going to deal with it right now. And I was, yeah, I got text from friends of mine saying, holy shit, did you see that? And I said, no, see what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Completely oblivious to it. So if, if anyone... <laughs> well done, Mike. Good tweet. If anyone has a recording day three, I would like to see it, please. <laughs> <laughs> got the VCRs on at home. Someone will. Someone out there's got it. That that is nicely given me the time to tell you that Marcus Gilbert is a very young, thirty-three years old. Oh, that's okay. That's workable. It is. Come on home, Marcus. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Okay, that's it. Twenty twenty-one NFL draft in the books. Thirteen long, oh. grueling weeks. Yeah. Dealing with it. But uh, yeah, we move on and, and we uh, look forward to the twenty twenty-two. Uh, NFL draft. Mike, who's the best player in the 2022 NFL draft? Seven to two, Spencer Rattler, number one pick. I'm going to put a tenner on it. What? Oh wow! Okay, okay. Wow. Not 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 Mr. Brock Purdy. Um, not, this, not this again. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Rattler over Howell, have you at this point? Um, I haven't seen. I haven't watched. I just looked at the odds. Hell's two to one. Rattler seven to two. Slightly better odds. So I'll, I'll take me fancy with the. Uh, an Oklahoma QB. Very early thoughts on Rattler because I saw a picture of him for the first time last week. I don't know. I don't know. It looks a bit like a knockoff Patrick Mahomes. A bit concerned about that. Is his character concerns or is his social media profile? Well, this, it's neither really, but it, do you know what I mean? Have you seen a picture of him? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you not think he looks like a bit like a poor man's Patrick Mahomes? I mean, maybe can't, he's a better. Shot Mahomes. Yeah, it's a bit, bit strange. Why does he look so much like Patrick Mahomes? Did someone clone him in a lab? That's possible. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe we need to investigate a bit further before the before the draft because the Steelers are going to be in the market for a QB. Right, let's roll on. Schedule. It was released uh, the other day. Did anyone stay up for it? Hell no. <laughs> Did anyone stay up for the schedule in the UK? I mean, I can understand it may be in the States, but you really staying up for like, what is it, 1, 1 a.m. For, 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 for a list? There was a time when I would have done it. But uh, yeah, this is this is past me over now. As the NFL makes it into more of a spectacle, I I don't care. I'll just I'll just see it the next day. Um, not Steelers related, but Dallas Tampa is the opener. Not moving any needles for you. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it. Not really. Uh, Dallas. Uh, then again, I'm excited to see Dak again. I, I, come on, man. The, the Cowboys are showtime, aren't they? I mean, uh, yeah. are they? Yes. <laughs> Why? Just because we keep saying that they are? There's just some glitz and glamour about them, isn't there? What? Jerry Jones just looking just, old? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's the, the traditionalist in me, but just the uniforms and the... Is it is it in uh, is it in Tampa or is it in it's in Jarrah World? Yeah, it's in Tampa. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I love watching games at Jarrah World, so it's a shame it's not there. But um, I don't know. Yeah, so, you know, they've got an exciting offense. Dak, Dak will be back. So. Yeah, it's just you know, uh, it was going to happen. Whatever you know, whoever they played, it was going to happen. But you know, just another opportunity to watch Tom Brady roll over someone in prime time. <laughs> oh, okay, seen it, seen it enough. Uh, okay, on to the Steelers. What's Rich's what's Rich's Sorry. take on that? What's Rich's take on that game? On which one? The opener. Tampa against uh, Dallas. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have a take on it. I just know that, you know, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl and they had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Right. Thank you. You, Rich, you picked up on a great point. So last week (laughs) I, I tweeted this and it was a joke, right? It was a half joke. I just said, you know, Tampa Bay win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, um, gets the easiest schedule in the NFL. The Steelers have the hardest, um, and like this after a decade of playing the Jets, the Bills and Miami, right? In the AFC East, right? And it was kind of a joke. I was like, and I wrote conspiracy in all capital letters if that didn't, you know, give away that it was a joke. And then some guys that's like really coming at me uh, and even like comes at one of the listeners who, who replied to me being like, oh, you listen to a podcast who thinks that the NFL hands out conspiracy schedules. I was like, bro, bro learn to enjoy things. <laughs> Please, like, relax. But and then he's like quoting all these stats. He's like, "Oh, have you looked up the the numbers on the on the the strength of the AFC East over the, that time period?" Blah, blah, blah. I was like, "Yeah, sure, bro. The Jets, the Dolphins, and, and the Bills really put up stiff competition. I, you can show me whatever numbers you want. Those teams weren't good. So, you know, this is the, again size, size social media corner. We need to drop when <laughs> winning winning battles against people that can't answer back. That's told that guy. Sorry, <laughs> he's really smarting after that one." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, but you're right. You're right. Luckily, you know. I've dialed that guy in. So here he is. So what are you going to say about that? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, the Steelers. Right. So the Steelers have the hardest schedule on paper. Uh, we do this going in. Um, we do get five primetime games currently. They could be flexed out. We'll see. Um, depending on how the Steelers perform through the year. But were you surprised to see the Steelers get that much love in primetime, especially late in the season, um, given kind of the expectations, at least with the national media around the Steelers right now. That ending run is December is a rough month for the for Steeler Nation, mm. isn't it? Yeah, maybe, maybe I should go through it. Should I go through the schedule real quick? Look, we got the the Bills in Week One. Uh, do, you, do you want to pick the games, or is that stupid? Is that stupid to pick the games at this stage? Well, I, I think that's the natural. Th- Everyone does that, right? And like the, that's the thing I do. Straight away, I see the schedule. I work out what I think you know, the most optimistic thing is. I don't think it's a stupid idea. Okay, I tell you what. Let's just you don't you don't have to necessarily tell me win or loss on each game, but keep it in your head as I go through them. And then tell me what, you know, as you've thought about as we go through, tell me what the season record is at the end, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Go on then. So, well, are, we, are we going for optimistic, right? Let's go optimistic. Well, no, cause... don't go optimistic. Just go what you, you want to go realistic. Right? Realistic. <laughs> That's dull. Let's go optimistic. Come right. on, this well, is the off-season. They're 17, paper champions. 17 and 0, great. I mean... <laughs> Oh, no, I don't mean that. I mean, like, you know, you can. There's games where it's on a knife edge and you go, oh, I'll give that to the Steelers because I support the Steelers, right? So let's let's go down that route. Okay, so well, you can do let's that. Let's go. I'm no, gonna... but that would be the ceiling. Let's go. For... Okay, fine. I'm going to go with the ceiling. 
this is the same as last year, Gav, where you and Rich were like, oh, the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. We went 11 uh, and 0, man. Come on, that was, that was, we were close. Yeah, then we absolutely collapsed. Let's not get into this. But we couldn't predict the, the you know, the Bush injury and the Dupree injury and everything else that happened. Okay. Weren't we the only ones to pick the Steelers to win their division? Yeah. No, I'm sure, I think I picked the Steelers to win the division, to be fair. I don't think, I don't think you did. Are we going to have to go back to the tape to check on that? <laughs> <laughs> need to check the tape. Dave, do you remember who you picked? Did you pick the Steelers? I can't remember. I, the, mm, the Homer in me memory must have, took, handy, must have taken over. Surely the Homer in me presided over my decision on that day, but I, I honestly can't remember. I would have thought so, Dave, because usually you're, you know, you're a heart guy, aren't you? But uh... Yeah. I just don't think there's any value in being overly optimistic. I mean, I think we got to... No, no, what, no, what I'm saying, I'm not saying be the optimistic pick. But what I mean is if we pick what we think is the, the most, you know, okay. the, the ceiling, the most opportunistic, you know, what can happen rather than let's be like the, the dour, miserable, oh, yeah, the Steelers are going, what is it now? Not even six and... What, what is that? Six and eight? I, I've lost about what these things are. Eight and nine? No, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Why <laughs> do they change games. the number of games? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, I'm going to go through this. So in week one, open up against the Bills away again. Um, in week two, we go to, or they come to us, Oakland. I'm reading this, it doesn't tell me if it's home or away, so I'm going to stop doing that. Definitely not Oakland. No. Sorry, um, L- uh, Las Vegas, yeah. God, I'm still in that, that's like two years ago. The Raiders. Uh, week three, the Bengals. Week four, Green Bay, with or without Aaron Rodgers, big question. Uh, week five, Denver with or without Aaron Rodgers. That's the big question. Uh, week six, the Seahawks. Then we get the bye week in week seven. Um, kind of early, but not, you know, I think it's the second earliest. So I think week six are the earliest bye weeks. So, you know. Uh, week eight, the Browns. Week nine, the Bears in prime time. Week 10, the Lions. Week 11, the Chargers. Week 12, the Bengals. That That's where you want to make your hay, by the way. Week nine through 12. Soft middle. Yeah, Bears, that's Lions, the, that's, Chargers, the, that's the jam in your donut, Bengals. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, but you know what the Steelers are like. We'll probably win the harder games and, and give up the easy ones. Um, week 13, we go back to the Ravens. Uh, week 14, Vikings. Week 15, Texans. Week 16, Chiefs. Oof. Week Titans, 17. Titans. Sorry? You said Texans. Titans. Sorry, sorry, Titans. Week 15, Titans. I wish it was the Texans. Week 16, Chiefs. Week 17, Browns again and we 18 Ravens we finish out with the Ravens not the Browns for like the first time in what feels like five years to finish the season um okay did, did people did people come up with numbers there or was that too fast I lost track where I was no, but I'm just going to revert to what I already done which was um uh, 10 and 7 <laughs> <laughs> but that, as I said that's optimistic man that's optimistic that's like if everything falls right and there's no injuries and Ben Ben can throw and you know all the all the question. You know Chucks isn't isn't a terrible left tackle, and and uh, Najee can can actually escape. You know like we hope, and you know actually get some can beat people in the backfield and, and make some gains. I think ten seven is realistic with this schedule. Yeah, it's, it's not unrealistic. I mean, it could happen. Um, Rich, where, where are you sitting right now? If you had to put me on it, uh, I I did, haven't gone through it yet, but I think ten and seven doesn't sound outrageous at all. I mean, we still have Roethlisberger. We still have all our receiving core intact. The line's going to be questionable, and hopefully, you know, things turn out the way we hope they will with with the rookies. Um, hopefully, our defense doesn't take too much of a shot because of the loss of Nelson. That's really that's really the only thing that really concerns me. Um, I think ten to seven is absolutely attainable. I don't think that's I don't think it's a long shot at all. 
Yeah, the, the, the other question is, can, can Highsmith slash Roche replace Dupree? That's because I think if if the, if if the pass rush dips in any way, then the secondary is going to be savagely exposed. So that that's another big question, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we still have Bush. Can can you know Williams is very good at brushing the passer too. You know, and and you know we still have Bush and you know to it. You know, we just saw that. I think you guys saw the stat that to it and. Uh, and TJ have the most sacks uh, of any duo in the NFL. So, I mean, we still have pass rushers, even without Dupree, and it does hurt for sure. But, um, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch, hopefully. But you know, we're notoriously slow starters, and I don't know how well we're going to do in Buffalo in Week One. I think that's going to be a tough matchup. You know, we may end up losing that one. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I think I think if they come out two and two from the first four games, then that that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. Bills, Raiders, Bengals, Packers. Yeah, I'd be very happy with two and two there. Um, Dave, you know, I, I I sort of have two sort of ways this might go, and I think everyone does. If if the line gets itself in order and the running game gets going, I think it could be. I mean, the homer's taken over a little bit, but it could be like eleven and six. It it could be, it could be a a, a a big season. But at the same time, if it's a repeat of last season, we could be coming in like nine wins, and that's maybe a little bit optimistic if if things stay as they were and, and Harris doesn't have the effect on the running game that we'd be sort of hoping he will. Um, yeah, it, it, there's there's a lot of what ifs going on at the moment I, I don't I have no concerns at all about the defense at the moment and I think it even with the the changes in in roster and, and guys leaving and, and what have you and, and new additions I think it it's set up to succeed the defense at the moment I think it's there's there's depth there there's um there's talent there and it's it's um I think I, I think for years to come the, the defense is going to be a a, a strength but the the offense as well is it's particularly high powered. We've just been talking about how you know how many receivers how many receivers we've got and Ben's obviously still here. It's um it's got the potential to be that sort of high power team, but it's that line. It all starts at that line, and if if it doesn't show up all season long, we could be in for a long old slog. Um, hopefully not another slog where we have the uh, the sort of duck season we had a few years ago. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm optimistic. But when I think like everyone, you sort of see that that list of teams you're facing, and it's a tough schedule. Um, so yeah, it yeah, I, I'm I'm unsure at the moment. But I'm I'm trying to be optimistic, and I'm thinking yeah, that 11 win situation would be awesome. I'd love that. But at the same time, you could you could quite easily see the other situation of coming away with nine wins and us all being very disheartened and depressed by the end of the season. You know. I think if nine wins is your floor, Dave, I'm going to have a rude awakening for you. Mike, <laughs> Mike, where'd you put it? Did we lose is Mike? Mike? Is Mike still here? Where's Mike? Oh no, we've lost him. I can't see his name on the thing. Oh no. No, he quit. He's gone. <laughs> he, hated, he hated our takes on the roster. We've had a live loss of Mike. He's, he's so upset by how down I am. After us. <laughs> oh man. I'll try and get him back. Um, but uh, we can crack up. I'll try and I'll try and get him back. We'll see see what happens. Um, 
In the meantime, you need to you need to you're the doom monger. What's okay, going on? Right. So, listen, the troll under the bridge. I, I really don't want to be this like super. I don't want to be this super negative guy. I don't want to be like super anti Steelers. I have a lot of faith in Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Obviously, picking up this extra game throws a bit of a spanner, and that works. We've had a few eight win seasons, but um, I think it's very likely we finish either eight and nine or nine and eight. Um, I think. As Dave said, a lot of it depends on you know, yeah, the line, but but specifically the run game. I mean, does Najee really bring that extra bit of juice and he can overcome the line, or does the line just you know manage by itself? Whatever, that's going to be massive. But but I think we really need to look objectively at this roster right now and where we were. We fell apart at the end of last season. That's not a good play, good way to end the season. I'd be more heartened if we started poorly and and uh, and ramped up at the end and and you know. Maybe we lost it the game to the Browns, but you know what I mean. We, we finished strong. That would that would have left me with more faith. But we've got Ben, who's another year older. We've got, um, admittedly, a, a better running back in there. That's 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 unarguable. But other than that, where is this roster improved? We, we've lost our number two cornerback. We've lost Bud Dupree. Um, I suppose the la- you know we're going to get Bush back, which is which is great. But but uh, I mean, who's playing against him? Is it going to be Vince Williams? Is it going to be? Spillane, we'll see. I, I, I don't know, man. I struggle to say, say that this roster is going to be better than it was last year. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so why are we anticipating better results? That's my only question. Oh, definitely, I agree. I mean, you know, it's, it's a case of surviving the salary cap crunch, which we, we've all known is coming. So, but, but they, they seem to have navigated it. Apart from decimating the secondary and not having a left tackle, uh, they, they've survived it okay, I think. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with you, right? I, I don't think that what they've done is, is any way poor. Or um, you know, I don't. I'm not saying that I would have done anything differently, but I just, I just think that to say that we're going to come in here and do better than we did last year, I, I don't know where those improvements are. You know what I mean? I, I don't know where, why we were I, expecting that. Sorry, go on, Rich. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna do significantly better on offense because I think the run game is going to be improved greatly, mm. and I think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna do a little. Not not quite as up to up to our defense as as it was last year. I think we're going to lose a little bit of that. But I have a question. Why do you think why do you think we didn't finish strong last year? Why do you think we tailed off at the end of the year? I think the offense was totally unbalanced. I think Ben ran out of juice because he was throwing the ball sixty times a game. I think we couldn't run the ball even short distances. Um, also, yeah. also Dupree, the loss of Dupree. Yeah, of course, Bush, that think, was a part of it. So the the defense not yeah. not having a sort of fuller. You know, I, I didn't think Williamson brought that much, and you know, I just think that the, the defense ran out of steam, couldn't carry the team as much as well as it could in the first ten games. And it was hard to expect them to, right? You know, because we were coming off the field so quickly at times. Well, we had there was a point where we had like third stringers playing at our inside linebacker positions. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had so many inside linebackers that were hurt. But injuries are going to happen this year, you know? Like, I don't think that we can expect this year to just be devoid of injuries. Who knows where they'll come, but I'm sure they will. If, um, if, if, if the gods of football are not looking down on the Steelers, injuries will happen on the O-line and in the secondary. That, that would be worst-case scenario, yeah. right? So yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like super down. I'm, I. I don't think that we'll. Uh, you know, absolutely tank this season or anything like that. I just. I just wonder where this kind of optimism is coming from. And you can see, you know, in the national media, it's not there. You know, we're opening up as six point five uh, point underdogs to the Bills away. When was the last time? I mean, the Bills are a great team, and we're away, so fair play. But when was the last time we were six and a half point underdogs at all? Well, the memories are memories are short of the that away loss to the Bills. And- 
you know, digs and all that at the end of last season, right? I mean, that's that's fresh in everyone's memory. So that misty, horrible game, that was horrible, wasn't it? Mm. That, that that was that was yeah. Was that was that the low point? I think it may have been my yeah, the, the Browns game was a low point. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that, was, that but that was that was so low that it was 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 just embarrassing. But we were kind of expecting it. Whereas that that Bills game kind of came out of the blue a little bit for 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 me anyway. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it. So I don't know. For me, it was a punch in the guts. Whereas the 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 Browns game was the the stamp on the head when you're already down. So it's a bit different. You know the the, the Brown, that Browns game completely talks to the whole imbalance thing that you mentioned, Sam. I mean, it, it was it was Ben throwing, I mean, what he threw for like five hundred fifty yards or something, <laughs> and and Connor carried like five times. It was just completely imbalanced. It it was it was just a you talk about air raid and air attack. That was just total air attack, wasn't it? I mean, Ben threw and, like and four it, touchdowns. It almost worked, right? If we weren't in such a ridiculously big hole. You know, you yeah. could see us getting out. Of, you could you could have seen us getting out of that game, and that that's the crazy thing. And that's where I agree with Rich. You know, the talent is there. You know, and I, I would never say that the ceiling is not there. You know, I, I think we could win eleven or twelve games. I'm not I'm absolutely not writing that out. So I don't want it to sound like I am. But I, I just think maybe maybe I'm just trying to be a little bit more realistic or, or setting my expectations maybe a little bit lower than where they were after we won eleven games straight. You know? I don't think anyone's expecting anyone to win eleven games straight. So yeah, no. Uh, I see. I see. Mike's back, so he can give us his takes now on the, on the schedule. Jane's apologies. Sorry, right, Mike. We, we we crack right on without you. We were... Yeah, don't worry. It's cool. <laughs> no, it's it's grand. Uh, Rich, have you sized up Najee for the Hall of Fame? I presume we're that far in the future now that uh, he's uh, he's already in Canton. <laughs> what records did you come to then, gents? Um, uh, no, tune in. Tune in. Uh... If next week, Mike, because uh, I'm going to be covering stuff like that. Real, <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, I went ten and six. Dave, did you? Uh, sorry, ten and seven. God, this damn this new schedule. That's terrible. Uh, Dave, what did you say? Did you say eleven and six? Didn't you? I had like I a high of eleven and six and a low of like nine and was it nine and eight now? Nine and eight, yeah. So, I, so I went eight point five to eight point five. I think. Uh, Rich, what did you go? I can't remember now. You um, said you. Go. On. I'm sorry for what? For the for the record, you said you said ten and seven wasn't unrealistic, but didn't I, actually say one. I didn't. I I haven't done it. Yeah, I haven't. Looked, I haven't looked it over. I right. mean, I I know I I know who we're playing, but I haven't gone game by game and tried to, you know, figure everything out. Um, but I, yeah, but no, I, I I agree with what you say. I mean, I I think that's definitely doable. So there you go, Mike. So where are you? Um. I probably just having a quick glance. Yeah, ten wins probably looks there thereabouts. I, I think from our perspective, from you mentioned earlier about December, from week thirteen, if we yeah. if we haven't placed ourselves correctly in the AFC seedings, we could be in for a bit of a hammering, depending on how results could go. Baltimore, Tennessee, Kansas, Browns, and Baltimore. That's a that's a lot of playoff teams, or you know certainly teams in contention. Um, We'll all be jostling for positions in terms of how we're seeded for the playoffs. Yeah, it's rough, man. Mm. I do think that I do think that the Titans take a step back this year. I'm kind of on that bandwagon, so I'm 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 almost highlighting that as as a win for us. But yeah, man, these Browns and Ravens game are going to be, are going to be so important next year. What, what do you think of the Browns? Are they are they going to? Is this the year for the Browns? I can't know. No. I kind of I kind of have <laughs> a sweep in the Browns, but really, yeah. But I'm I, I'm always of. You've got. I mean, I know they did the playoff win, but the, the Steelers were limp, limping at that point. 
I, I think you've got to prove it to me against, you know, I think the Steelers own the Browns and until until uh, I see otherwise, and I've seen a sort of partial glimpse of it, but until I, I really believe it, I don't believe it. Whereas I can see the Ravens sweeping the Steelers this year. Okay. Okay. I, do you know, can I, can I say something? You're going to call me crazy? I'm more confident of the Browns sweeping the Steelers than I am of the Ravens. I think that's great. <laughs> Is that a hot take? Because I think the Ravens, the Ravens Steelers games, I almost write off every year as like I, it doesn't matter what situation both those teams are in, I'll give it a one on one every year on my prediction because the way those games are played is just so different, you know. That. So you know we'll say with that, but the that Browns that Browns roster, I know maybe I'm just getting swayed by it. I wasn't last year, you know. I, last year was not the year, but we saw a little bit of it last year. They they nearly beat um, was it the Chiefs? They, they were like a play away. Mm. No, I, yeah, I, I think the fact that we the the Steelers play the Browns earlier in the year, and then you're playing two games against the Ravens towards the end. I think I think that that works against against the Browns and, and for the Ravens. Hmm. I, I just think the, the Steelers will be beat up at that point and will be limping into the playoffs if if possible. Yeah. Whereas the worst coming off. You're looking at coming off the Bengals, the Packers, the Broncos, the Seahawks, and then you're into the Browns, and it feels like that's it's going to be a big game. That's definitely going to be a big game, that first Huge, Browns yeah. matchup. And we are coming into the Browns off a of bye, so that's pretty yeah. tasty. Not sure if the Browns are, I don't know, not though. But... Um, okay, just a couple of things to mention that I want, I want to talk about real quick. Firstly, um, I'll just quickly run through the primetime games, because I think this is interesting, especially for UK fans, because you can go and book your days off. I need to do this, actually. Um, we're not in primetime till week six. Uh, against the Seahawks, that's an exciting one. I love, I love that because you, you know, you know, I'm like a, a closet Seahawks yeah. fan. So, um, week nine against the Bears, interesting one. Remember the last mm. time we played the Bears when we had that um, that run back and we knocked the ball out on the line. Remember that? Yeah, when was that? Yeah, Vance McDonald punched that out, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I think we lost that game though. Week fourteen. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going the wrong the wrong order here. Week week eleven, Sunday night football again against the Chargers. Some classic um, late games against the Chargers. Remember the Le'Veon Bell game, the extension? Should win that one. I've yeah. got that was one that as well. That game? What was that, Rich? I was at that game. Really? Yeah, my son yeah. took a real nice video of it. We had a great view of it. We were in that end zone. And he posted it on Le'Veon Bell's uh, Instagram. And Le'Veon Bell um, reposted it you know, himself. Oh, awesome. Commented on it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a, it was a great game. It was. It was like a Christmas game or near Christmas or something like that. It was like a late game. I remember, maybe not. I remember watching it like in the winter, like tucked up. Um, yeah, week fourteen against the Vikings. Um, that could be that, a win. That, that's a tough one to call. That's yeah. a really tough one to call because Vikings could be rolling by then, or not, sorry, go on. they could be. It could be the Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond led Vikings by that oh, point. Well, mm. That would throw things all off. Um, I do like the Steelers in prime time though, so I'm glad we got the five games and then the Browns in week seventeen. So. Uh, and that'll be a huge one if the Steelers are still in contention at that stage. Do you know what hit me about the se- the uh, schedule? Hmm. The preseason. Hmm. So, oh yeah, the preseason. How how I missed you. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, we're nerds on this podcast, right? And you know, m- most fans probably don't hate the preseason, just want it over. I love the preseason, man. Uh, you know, it gives us something to talk about. Plus, we've got the Hall of Fame games. We've got four preseason games. I was just really. I was like, "Oh yeah, we got sixth of August. It all starts." So oh. that, that that really perked me up. So it's three preseason games plus we have the Hall of Fame games. Is that why we have four? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Dallas, Eagles, uh, Lions, Panthers preseason. Cool. We always yeah. play the Panthers every year, don't we? Yeah, that's a little weird arrangement there. But, you know, who cares what we play? Who cares whether they win? It's just it's, it's an so extension it's of the draft out. season, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. so let's, let's, let's work stuff out there. Get to see those draft the, thing, the thing I don't know, I don't know if any of you guys know this, obviously there was no Hall of Fame induction last year. So Troy, you know, I was I was looking forward to putting on my my forty three, and and watching and watching that speech never happened. Is that happening this year? Is are they going to do both years at Canton? Rich was asking me this before, and I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think I think so now because I, I thought I heard something on NFL Network during the draft coverage about it. Or did that I mean, not, did that not happen just after the draft? Did we miss it? I don't know. No, they had the they had the like the 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 enshrinement of 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 uh, like the, the, the old dudes, right? Dead dudes. I don't know what the what the, the respectful term is. Uh, someone help me out here. Dead dudes, uh, yeah, right, dead time. dudes went in, right? And then oh, there was God. a ceremony, but every UK fan was like, you know, on on serious last last five percent charge energy at by that point, and was kind of asleep. So no one watched it. But um, yeah, I mean, what, I, you know, where's where's Troy's speech? I need to watch Troy's speech. I'm Where sure it'll happen. I'm sure, if, if it's not happened, I'm sure it'll happen. I'd be okay, very well, surprised if he didn't. Nobody do it. knows. Nobody knows. No. Rich, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I think I asked. I was asking about this a couple of weeks ago, and I I never bothered to look it up. Because we were talking about flying out there, weren't we? We were going to go out there last year and con- convene at the Hall of Fame game. Obviously, yeah. You know. Well, if they were, if they were going to put them both together and have one big long ceremony, this would be the year to do it to go out there because there's you know there's a bunch of Steelers getting in yeah let's see they need to make that announcement soon so I can book some time off work and we can we can organise that and do a live show from Canton <laughs> um, a couple of uh, date, like special dates we've got no Christmas or Thanksgiving game this year um, maybe Thanksgiving Christmas is cancelled now because of the 17 game season right it's now uh, just, just a regular season game into January what's going on with that Oh, Boxing Day, though. Boxing Chiefs day. on Boxing yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah but it's a... I mean, that was always kind of the end of the year, wasn't it? It's There's a lot of things wrong with this. I'm, I'm, I'm down on this. I, I know I was I was up on it before, but now when it's come out and reality's hit, I'm a little bit down on the oh, 17th game. I, yeah. I, don't know. I hate it. I mean, I haven't looked this up. Who's getting banged? I, right, this is super obvious. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but it never struck me until the schedule came out. Teams are going to have one or one more or one less home game. That to me feels like a massive omission. Like I think, I think they're going AFC this year, NFC. Yeah, it's rotations. But does that not yeah, strike yeah. you as insane? Like that that is not how it uh, you, in, you, in terms of the Super Bowl that's level, right? What do you so, mean? Well, if it's AFC and NFC it oh, doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but who cares? Like, you know, I don't care whether another AFC team wins the Super Bowl. I'm just saying like each team no, but all of the all of the AFC plays one more home game this year, isn't it? I think is that right, right Mike? Have I got that right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so right, but, so they all play, and all of the NFC play one more away game. Okay, so but it's in level this in, season, in the conferences. Yeah, sure, fine, but but in this season, that is a disadvantage for NFC teams, and then next season it'll be a disadvantage for AFC. I get what you're saying, like, but but what, what I'm saying is one season should not, per in a perfect world, impact the, the, another season. You know what I mean? They should be self-contained entities. Maybe it's a small issue, but it just strikes me as like lacking in a bit of equality. Yeah, but you could make that argument that not every team, you know, the rotating four out intra division thing. You, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. things baked in. The schedule itself is unfair. Of course it is, but I, I, I don't know. That, that just strikes me as a very. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I don't like it at all. 
it makes it makes it makes it more you know everything's about division and then it's about conference you know yeah it's about those those those, those close knit fights right otherwise otherwise you'd have like the premier league where everyone plays everyone home and away and you know the bucks walk into the super bowl <laughs> they probably will do anyway we play the browns on halloween not a big fan of that um so you can you can imagine what the the broadcast for that one's going to be like. We're going to be seeing Miles Garrett dressed as a fucking vampire or some shit. Um, <laughs> international games: uh, Jets and Falcons in week five, Dolphins and Jags in week six. So no Steelers. Not that we were expecting it. Um, if those games even go ahead, both at Spurs. You, you going to go to any of them? I will. I, what happens is sometimes tickets come up late, and I might I might I might end up going. But it's, it's easier for me. Yeah, it's just around, down the corner. I uh, I shan't be bothering with those, but <laughs> I'd quite like to, I'd quite like to go to the Falcons one. That's that's a cool game. Fal- know, is it Falcons being, Jets? Yeah, uh, Falcons Jets. Yeah, maybe I'm being too cynical. Maybe if a ticket came up, maybe I would. I don't know. But um... they they often do, but unfortunately, they're often singles or doubles. So right. you don't you don't get a, you know we need a four or a five. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. yeah, you could get a single quite quite cheap. I'm not going to go crazy for it. You know, I'm not going to be lining up for the tickets. And, uh, I'm no. still I'm still waiting on that Wembley game. Um, cool. That's all I have for the. Uh, have you not been schedule. to one? You've not been to one. No, I had the ticket for for a Dolphins game a few years ago, and then it was the Dolphins day Raiders. I, might have been. It was the day that was I was moving that? in. Um, I was there, so I had to sell could've, the ticket. Could have met before we met. <laughs> yeah, in the crowd of eighty thousand, I'm sure we would have. Done. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the schedule again. Maybe a bit of a silly conversation because what does any of it mean now in in, in June or May? Uh, an interesting situation nonetheless we shall see who is right and who is wrong you could say that for everything we're going to say now until well, at least August <laughs> well no you know what we couldn't say that about Kebab Corner is that where we're going? <laughs> we are now four large donuts Katie everything on name do you want onions on your set? I do plenty of onions You know, speaking of like stupid conversations that were completely pointless, we had a uh, a question that was sort of semi semi half heartedly, half jokingly sent in, I think, and it was, um, "What animal? What's the biggest animal you think you could confidently uh, win in a fight?" And uh, what was it? Sell a tape to a lamppost or something? I gave and, this some thought. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it sort of I mean, that. That's a bit of a silly uh, silly question, but like it, it reminds me of a question I sometimes ask people. Oh, but um, I came up with a good answer for that. Oh, have you got one? Okay. Yeah, if, I came if, up with a good answer. I reckon, the, I reckon the upper threshold of, of realism is badger. Anything bigger than oh, a badger, know, you're really going to struggle. Badgers are vicious beasts. They you are vicious, ever, but you, you could realistically... Yeah, yeah, I've seen a badger. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they're bastards. But, you know, you could you could realistically... What, are we talking cellophane? You could cellophane that guy. Anything sorry, bigger I, than a badger. Can, can, can I just clarify what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, was, go on, Bim. It, no, it, it was it was a question that was sort of it was sort of semi jokingly set in I think, but it, it was it has it has a basis in reality. I think, I think um, that what's the biggest animal you can win in a fight and saran wrap or um, cling film or sellotape to a lamppost. So the fight bit, I get. I'm confused about the cling film to the lamppost part. So, yeah. That's, that's the part where it loses grip on reality. So, like, my 
question that I often, well, I'll say often, sometimes ask in, in a sort of a semi-drunken state is what's the biggest animal you think you could take on in a fight, like in a survival situation, and have a better than 50% chance of surviving? Hmm. Giraffe. All right. <laughs> if one of those mothers kicked you, you would be dead in seconds. Wow. Shoot your shot, Si. Yeah, I'm going straight for the giraffe. It's so, it's so vulnerable. Look at that neck. I'm going straight oh, for it. You'd be done, Si. Yeah. Really? yeah. You've seen one of those guys run? I mean, come on. They're also like not very agile. They're kind of like lanky and probably like the A legs. clumsy. Yeah. yeah. If you're armed with tripwire, you could probably get the guy down. I think Do I you consider yourself agile, Si? Well... Well, judging by how easy it was for me to carry some recliner chairs up three flights of stairs yesterday, I'm going to go with no, but um, maybe with a bit of training. Whose who's, uh, recliner chairs was it? Oh, just a friend of mine. And, uh, we, we might have him on the show, actually. He's a Packers fan called Rich. We have two Riches. Was he, uh, oh, two Riches, two computers. Was it Parker Knoll or was it uh, something more modern? What? Sorry? Parker Knoll, famous uh, reclining chairs for uh, uh, Do you know what? I'm, not up on, I'm really not up on my reclining chair brands. Um I don't know, no, they're just kind of like older, they're, they're nice, but they're just like chairs he's had for ages, I wanted a comfier chair, perfect match, boom. Oh, what, he was giving them away and you, you were the beneficiary? I am indeed. Nice. I've been sitting on this really uncomfortable chair for like the entirety of lockdown, it's absolutely destroyed me, so now I've got a nice little recliner that I can sink into every night and every That's day. That's good for you. So you, what, you, you, you toiled getting the chair up the stairs and then collapsed into it and you've been there ever since? Yeah, more or less, yeah, yeah. Sweet. And I've got one and for Chloe, you... but the, the recline is the recline doesn't work. So, and you think you could take on a giraffe as well after all that? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it was so embarrassing. Rich, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this. Is, is in his forties, right? I I am 24. I am just I, I was like wheezing after every single flight of stairs. I, after like the sixth flight with the second chair, I thought I was genuinely going to die. And he's barely broken a sweat. <laughs> I'm like half his age almost. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> Truly embarrassing. Anyway, this is not the question. What's the biggest uh, animal you could fight and cellophane into a lamppost? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think the cellophane element adds something. I, yeah, I, I I'm like not sure. I, I'm not sure I could cellophane a giraffe to a lamppost. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you would need a lot of saran wrap or cling film to, to, to attach one of those to a lamppost, man. But or could you just go really hard for like just around the neck? You could. That 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 neck. Have you seen how giraffes fight each other? They swing their head around like a club. Mm. That's their weapon, man. Do yeah, I have like, a if you, get, if you trap that trap that guy against a lamppost with a you know twenty five times round cellophane, he's done. Well, are, you the, are, you, are you the Flash or something running around this giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I can do it. I'm just just fighting size corner here. You got you got to live in the in the real world, not in the sort of. As I, as I said, the real world is badger for me, and you know I I, I challenge anyone to. To, to find a better Meridian line, a better Dalton line of, of Badger's this. way too small. You're setting your expectations way too... There's, there's definitely bigger stuff than a Badger you could take on. Like an Anteater. I could destroy an Anteater in seconds. It's like way oh, bigger. It, it, it's kind of got to be a vicious animal, though, right? It oh. can't be something that's like... You, can, you can't take on you know, your, the, the local village dog that doesn't really move apart from when it has to move into the sunlight. You know, it, not not that kind of animal. I'm, I'm talking like an animal with teeth that can actually pierce skin yeah. i don't reckon you I, any dog that's bigger than a badger you're going to get bitten to death by and any, any dog smaller than a badger you're going to easily easily win so i think the badger again is the is the watermark here i think if i 
I think if I caught a panther unawares... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not happening, Dave. <laughs> that's worse than the giraffe. Like, I could, like, punch it in the head, and it'd be, you know, if I could sneak up on it, get it, get it you know, unawares, punch it in the head, and it's going to be dazed, and then, then I can start, you know, with the get the saran wrap out of my back pocket <laughs> and attach that mother to a tree. I, th- I think I think I could... Uh, I think I could do that and and have a 50, more than 50% chance of, uh, of being successful in that endeavour. Well, I mean, you can have more than 50% chance of survival if you punch anything in the head when it doesn't know you're coming. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I think you've got to start like facing one another, you know, open the gate. There's no way you're taking on a panther like that, whereas a giraffe. Rick, Rich is military trained. What does he think? So this is hand-to-claw combat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No weapons, <laughs> just, no just, just saran wrap. Oh, my God. If you go no weapons, a badger's going to kick your ass. <laughs> I'm telling you. I reckon it's 50-50. Or a Wolverine? Try taking a Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine, no chance. Nah. I mean... A hungry raccoon, I mean... You got to remember, guys, we're only top of the food chains because because of our intelligence. Those things, man, most animals will tear you up. I mean, you might have trouble with a coyote. You know? I I don't know. Now, put a knife in your hands. Now, there you go. Now you're, you're in better shape. But other than that... Uh, maybe an armadillo, you could take that. Yes, armadillo. Well, you, you, you're not piercing any action there. I mean, that's there. You could kick it like a football, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder what... how far Harbins could punt an armadillo. That's a good test. That's a good test, actually. Yeah. Do you think we'd have uh, you know animal rights activists on our case though with that podcast special? I, I don't see it becoming um, a standard part of the combine. But, um, <laughs> it could. I like that. You only get drafted if you survive one-on-one combat with an animal of, of the team's choice. <laughs> Fight a badger and then kick an armadillo from the fifty-yard line. <laughs> We're getting primal with the draft. With the uh, with the draft from now on, uh, you got to take on two beasts. Uh, did, did you have one, Mike? Did you have a, a beast you could take on? It, it, funny, I was thinking Aardvark as well, so we're on the same wavelength. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a big, soft animal, isn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. What about it... what about like a giant bear, like a big bird? Damn, you've got no chance against a bird, man. No, like a vulture. I just smack it at the right time. It's down. Vulture, pet your eyes out. Vultures are massive, though. Exactly. Oh, it's, birds are, are vicious, man. Like even like an emu could take down a human. <gasps> an it's... emu, that's a great take. I could totally take an emu. No, those guys kick. What about a peacock? You pull out one of its too feathers. Small. It's so embarrassed. It's... Again, you, you, you're setting your expectations way too low, Gav. It's, it's... I, love... I love that you're trying to shame an animal into defeat. Just... <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing. Peacock. Be embarrassing. Oh no, my display. <laughs> I get the I get the sense that that Gav is the kind of guy that wouldn't even fight the animal. He would just like convince an animal that it wanted to be cellophane wrapped to a lamppost. Yeah, that's the trick, isn't it? Mm. You, you you wipe the lamppost with you know food, trick it oh, in. He's just evolved. He's not just expecting. He's evolved beyond us, Dave. <laughs> uh, no man. No. What's the correct answer? I don't think there is one. I, I, I don't think it exists within sort of real world parameters. So I don't think it. What's what's the situation when you find yourself facing a, I don't know, whatever it might be, a, a bear or a small dinosaur, where you have to like sellotape it to a tree? Where, where, where does that, you know, when does that situation arise? But um, I, I did have another thing, but it, it's it's more of um a question about it, 
do I have to check myself before I wreck myself? Um, That's a fix reference. Nice. Uh, but um, sort of picking, not say picking fights, but defending myself when I don't need defending. Because I, I spent a lot of my younger years not defending myself and being the butt of, of being picked on and what have you. But that, this isn't the sort of... Are you in prison? Sort of no, not in prison, in, in my younger uh, school years and what have you. You were a anyway, victim of bullying? Yeah, but that's another story. Um, oh, man. So since then, I, I've sort of flipped since... <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure that sound drop is entirely appropriate. <laughs> I but, um, the same thing. Th- thank you, I think. Wow. <laughs> Um, Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> since, <laughs> since that, I've I've sort of um, become, since becoming an air quotes adult, I've gone the opposite way. So I find myself defending myself in situations where I don't need defending. So I'm sort of um, so if I feel that someone has put me out or that I'm like it, I can. It's a very British thing when someone bumps into you and you go, "Oh, sorry." Even if it wasn't your fault, you say sorry, right? Um, but I, I find myself in situations where I'm being defensive unnecessarily and I end up in, I, I, I don't do it as much as I used to, I've calmed down, but, um, I did it a little bit in, in public the other day, like as has been previously discussed on shows, my son is obsessed with dinosaurs. So we went to a, um, an outdoor thing where it was models of dinosaurs. So you walk around and see these models of dinosaurs, etc. Um, and it's a set path because to be COVID safe, they had to set this path out, which is entirely fine. You know, we walk around and you have to keep distance, etc. And this one guy decides, no, I'm going to power through here and I'm going to walk between all the groups. And I come out and my blood boils instantly. And I, I'm, I'm not like now I've calmed down. I don't sort of come out with the swear words instantly and the, then regret it instantly. I, I sort of um, I make I look around in that sort of way of like, is no one else seeing this and shrugging and looking at people behind me and going, wow, this guy, what, look at this guy. Right. Oh, uh, and I sort of, I said to him, um, Oh, I, I guess we're all just doing whatever we want today. Right. And, and it, well, it seemed a pretty harmless comment, but he sort of looked back at me and that was it. That was the end of the situation. I think he, he heard me and, and he maybe took me bristled at the comment and that was it. But then I thought at the same time, normally in these situations, I'm either alone or I'm maybe have been drinking a little bit. But um, what would happen if this guy suddenly turns around and picks a fight? Suddenly I've got to like fight this guy in front of my wife and my son. Mm. Um, and if I if this guy hits me, suddenly my son's seeing his dad getting beat on and I've got to somehow defend myself from this guy who i don't know who he is he, he could be another rich he could be a guy who can kill me in a, in a punch that's when you you cunningly unwrap the badger which you store start and throw it <laughs> i've sellotaped behind my back yeah yeah but it, is 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 this um toxic masculinity is is this me going too far do, do i need do i need to check myself before i wreck myself is why i'm asking that's a good question dave um yes i think is the answer because when you have kids in tow, you need you need to be thinking about them first before your ego. Mm. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I understand that. It's. I'm. I'm in no way sort of picking fights with people. 
and I don't want people getting the wrong impression that I'm some sort of guy that goes out, some meathead who picks fights. I'll never I've, forget. Sorry, Dave. Sorry. You're right. It's, this is a very sensitive subject, actually, because obviously we're all you know, victims to our own aggression. And I'll never forget driving in, in Grimsby in a van and I was in the van and we cut, we, it was late at night, we, we cut someone up in the van. And this guy, he, he was, he lost, I mean, driving is like the ultimate example of where you're able to have, show aggression, right? Because you're in this armored yeah. tank and, and you, you can you can come quick to aggression much quicker than you can face-to-face in, in, a, in a dinosaur <clears throat> land like you were. Um, this guy... He was he, he pulled alongside. He was doing the fake swerve to try and hit the van. And I'm in the passenger side. He's close to me. I wasn't driving. I was going, what, dude? What's up? Sorry, you know, this this guy driving, not me. He was swerving to us. Uh, he then, he, he, he kind of pulled alongside. He reached into his glove box. He pulled out a torch, ripped out the batteries, wound down the windows and was throwing the batteries at the van, like denting wow. the front of the van. Oh, yeah, it was serious. Jeez. All the time, there was about a... It was a kid in a car seat in the back who must have been about six, maybe. And the kid in the car seat in the back was bright red in the face and giving us the V sign. And I was like, oh, man, that's the next generation of asshole right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I, think, I think, you know, dinosaur land, enjoy the dinosaurs. Just let the, let the, the Q-jumping asshole get away with it. In, in my defense, Gab, they were AAA batteries. They were very small batteries. Um, <laughs> they were 9 volts, man. I can see those guys pinging off the front. Uh, man, that, that, that sounds like a scary situation. That's like some of the... If, if that happened in, like, the deep south of America, you, you'd be like, this is, a way, this is how I die. This is, I'd uh, be riddled with bullets, yeah. Yeah. From the yeah. kid. Wow. Yeah. I'm 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 hoping no one else ends up in this situation as well. I'm, I'm hoping I've not opened up a whole kind of worms. Everyone sort of comes out with the situation where they nearly died because of road rage. Do you reckon many weeks later, his car might have broken down and he's gone to get the in the glove compartment to look for his torch and go, why isn't this torch working? <laughs> oh, that's right, the batteries. That guy in the van. Yeah, the in the back. An idiot, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'm a victim of that, Dave. I, it's going to cost me one day, because uh, I, I'm in no way going to defend myself in some kind of physical altercation. But uh, if someone does something like that, Dave, like in the in the zoo, I, I, I'll say something. And uh, yeah, it's nearly cost me a couple of times. <laughs> I, I guess my question does does that fall under toxic masculinity? Because I hear that's that's a big buzz thing, right? Toxic masculinity is a big thing. Does does, does that fall under that? Is that I, I don't feel like I'm someone who's toxically masculine. It feels think... more to me writing a check your butt can't cash. That's yeah, is that fair. Yeah, I'd, I'm with you on that one, I suppose. Because to- toxic masculinity would be against the opposite sex, would it not? I, I no, don't know. No, it doesn't have to be. It can just be. No. I, don't, I no. think it's just a woke term that's getting a lot of play. I don't particularly agree with. The terminology, I, I just think that's what it is. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's anything like that. Of, of, of all of us, though, I think Rich is the only one with a butt who can cash the check. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I agree with, with Gavin for sure. But to, to make you feel any better, I don't know if this makes you feel any better, Dave. I think most males, uh, um, that that's their tendency, you know, and I've been guilty of that in the past. And I think probably every one of us 
on the podcast and everyone of all the males listening have been guilty of that. And that's, you know, that's our testosterone, you know, that's our just, you know, it's kind of where we're wired, but it doesn't mean we can't change. And then, yeah, you have to, um, you have to look at your situation and, and just do what's best, you know, in that situation. And, and anytime, you know, anytime you have children with you, you they, they come first before anything, you know, mm-hmm. so protecting them is only when it, when you have to do it, you know? So, but you know that, and it's just something, and I honestly, it's something I worked on my entire life to get better at. And I have, you know, and I think if we're just all aware of it and we're all conscious of it and just when you get in that moment, just give yourself a couple seconds to just think about it before you react. And I think that, I think that helps, but you know, it's good that you're aware of it and talking about it. Cause then, you know, most likely you'll, you'll get it under control. And I think more people need to do that in the world. You know, we'd, we'd be a better place. Yeah, absolutely. That's a phenomenal speech, Rich. Ah, I have my moments. Sometimes. Phenomenal. <laughs> that, that's the actor in him. He's, yeah. he's a true performer. <laughs> if if you have an equally obscure question, maybe not. Maybe stay away from the, the sellotaping animals to a to a lamppost sort of question. But if know, you have it. a question, it, it was it, it tested us all right, and it, it was good in that sense. <laughs> it tested us. But um, if you if you do have a question you want to send in, whether it's say whether it's football or whether it's animals and sellotape, whatever it might, you know, whatever it might be within certain reasons, as long as it's legal, a legal question that's not going to get us in any trouble. Although it seems Gav's uh, aired certain dirty laundry in the past that involving <laughs> the law that, you know, questionable. I, I've had my brushes with the law. I've always, I've always come out uh, smiling. Um, you just reminded me, Dave, that uh, yeah. uh, Rudy, my pal, uh, well, my guy at work, that um, uh, gave us some feedback about the news drop, mm. uh, uh, brought something to my attention, which is the uh, uh, Zen School of Motoring. Have you come across this? Now, uh, TFL, which obviously is a very London-centric thing, uh, have actually taken it up to be part of their advertising campaign. But this guy runs a YouTube channel. Have you seen it? Zen School of Motoring. It just reminds me what you're what you're talking about here. No. I guess your silence is no. So basically, he's a, he's a driving instructor that just constantly records on his dash cam, and he cuts up the incidents he sees, and and just he he kind of has this monologue over the top of his of his driving, explaining how he's thinking about what he's doing and why he's letting people out and why what he's seeing of pedestrians man for for anyone that drives check out the zen school of motoring on youtube because it, it's so beneficial if you if you struggle with road rage you need to be more like the zen school of motoring and less like the arthur vines um uh vines that he put out a few years ago about being stuck in traffic um I, I, it's really helped me, actually. I've got to say, and, and I think it's it's doing he's doing he's doing a great service to to uh, people's mentality and driving because there needs to be less assholes on the road, right? We we just all need to be a bit more zen. So yeah, check out the Zen School of Motoring. Do you find that I, I've certainly found one one I do a lot of driving with work, and I find when I drive, it's not too big of an issue. If I'm the passenger in my car, and my wife's driving. I almost get this protective sense of how dare someone even contemplate getting near my wife's car while she's driving. Whereas if something goes near me, I kind of just look and go, hey, you idiot, get a bit too close there, and then then sort of forget about it. But as a passenger, I think probably because I'm not worried about <laughs> concentrating on the road itself, I almost take it as a as a personal shot trying to protect my wife while she's driving. I, I We had a blazing row the other day because my, um, my missus bought a new car, and we were in the car, and I... This is awful, really awful. Um, 
she was doing a maneuver and I put on the indicator for her because I felt she needed to indicate. Ooh. That turned into <laughs> yeah. So that's toxic good. masculinity. That's that toxic masculinity. Yeah, I apologize straight away, but there were pedestrians stopped in, on their street because the way she was shouting. I got the hairdryer treatment, you know, the windows were rolled and the, you know, there was a, a a woman shouting at her passenger. <laughs> Which was me, and I deserved it. And I apologise, but you know, I felt there needed to be some indication. There was no indication happening, so you know, I slipped the indicator on there. So, yeah, I, I know what I did was wrong. Um, I apologise to you know everyone out there. When you when you said that, I I instantly. I mean, I I have no idea what your partner looks like, but I, I instantly saw the look she would have at you. Uh, it's just a, it was just a lot of teeth and and hot air. I I felt that gaze upon me. Wow, that's that's uh. Uh, that's that's some, a situation you know, I, I didn't want. I wouldn't want to be you. Put it, put it that I learned my lesson. Don't don't <laughs> don't touch a lady's you know steering column. Mm. Wow. But like, um, I, I, Mike, are you, are you that guy that sort of? Um, it sounds like maybe that guy who stares at people. Like, say you're on a roundabout and there's someone who you feel is approaching a little bit too fast as your as your wife is driving. Are you the guy that gives them the gives them the look of like you know you were going too quick towards this roundabout? One thousand percent. Oh, you're the eyes guy. The eyes guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I shouted, they probably wouldn't understand me anyway. Um, But yeah, no. When when I when I'm the one driving, yeah, it's it's pretty. Just almost laugh it off in a way, and and not get too wound, but not concentrating on the road and being the passenger. Yeah, you come and like, well, there's nothing else to do here. I can either I can either do the sat nav or grill someone for cutting cutting me wife up in the motorway. I think I'll do the latter. Well, you can indicate for her. You can, you can do that for her. Don't do that. Can I, can no, I end no, our... Sorry, no taken. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I end our motoring section on a joke I've already told on the podcast, but it's so good I'm going to come back to it, which is George, George Carlin's classic of, have you ever noticed that when you're driving on the freeway slash motorway that everyone going faster than you is an absolute lunatic and everyone going slower than you is a complete moron? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. So right. <laughs> I always say that when I'm in the car. Why can nobody drive except me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, are we all right to wrap it there? Anyone got any any last interesting? Any any, any thoughts on Dogecoin before we go? Oh, or no. Bitcoin or whatever. The less said about that, the better. No. Okay. Uh, we saw it coming. Mm. Yeah. Suspect. Like I took a screenshot. I think it was yesterday on Twitter because suddenly Twitter was promoting an advert. You can buy Dogecoin. You know, you know the story of the shoe shine boy, no. right? Do you know that? Do you, do you know that, or is that something? I'll tell you. So, <laughs> it, it, no one said yes. Uh, in the Great Depression, like the the, the Wall Street crash, um, right before that, the, you know, there was a massive speculation bubble, and uh, people started to notice that their shoe shine boys were giving them stock tips, right? So, when your shoe shine boy is giving you stock tips, it's the time to get out of the market. And and Twitter promoting an advert about Doge Dogecoin is the shoe shine boy. So you know if you notice you know you go to get a haircut and someone's telling you oh yeah you should buy this cryptocurrency that cryptocurrency is finished right you need to be ahead of that wave not 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 jumping in. Yeah. I, I heard that because um, didn't he appear on what's his name? Is it Musk? Elon Musk on SNL. Yeah. Yeah, he appeared on SNL and like apparently like stocks in in dogecoin were, were going up and down depending on how well his joke landed which is uh, <laughs> man which that is, dude is, is ramping that stuff i mean come on man the guy the guy got fined 
for, for, for ramping Tesla stock. So he's moved into cryptos because he can he can ramp it on Twitter and manipulate the market, make people buy and sell based on what he thinks that, you know, you know, that that was meant to be a big, you know, uptick in the market and, and it went down. Surprise, surprise. You know, it's because they're manipulating the market. And if you're if you're buying at the time when it's high, you're a sucker. Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned Dogecoin again. Sorry, I've uh, opened it up again. Sorry. Ethereum to the moon. Right, okay. <laughs> let's, wrap, <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up there. Um, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. Follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart. Follow Gav at GM Boom Up. And uh, follow... There's so many people on this show now. Follow Mike at Cambridge Paddy. Uh, follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. When does Army of the Dead come out, Rich? It comes out this Friday at uh, Selected Theatres. And then next Friday on uh, on Netflix. Can we recognize you? Can we see your face? You, um, well. I think you can. I think you can. I've seen, I've seen some pictures, Rich, and I, I recognize you. But maybe that's just because I know your face pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You can somewhat recognize me, I guess. Yeah, you'll cool. spot him. You'll spot him. Okay. Cool. So go and check Mike, out. Yep. Well, and Mike, thanks, thanks, thanks again, man, for the, for the draft, everything you brought to the show. Appreciate it, man. I don't know, lads. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. Genuinely, it's been great crack. Thanks, Emil, for having us on. Come back soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, of yeah course. thanks, Mike. And you're, you're always welcome. It doesn't just have to be the draft. If you've got something that you really want to say, let us know. You're always welcome. But um, we'll definitely have you on for the draft, most definitely, next year. For every show, we're going we're gonna to lull you into some kind of long-term contract. 11 weeks. Ah, that, that is all right. I'll, I'll try and do it live from Vegas if I get to go. <laughs> when you made your money on Bitcoin. I'm looking at it now. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, until next week, uh, we'll see you. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. See ya.